right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, oh Canada, we have arrived at the RBC Canadian Open recap. Not planning to start the show with the Canadian Open, but I think we have to based on what we just saw. Going counterclockwise below me on the screen is Mr. Kevin Van Valkenburg. Hello, KVV. Happy Sunday night. Thanks, Holly. I've spent all day researching mergers, acquisitions, and then it turns out I should have been researching Canadian golfers. <laughs> uh, Big Randy is here. Two NLU pod appearances in the same week. I cannot believe it myself. Hello, Mr. Big. Hey, 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 hey. I think that fulfills my quota for the second quarter of this fine year, but it's great to be back. Hello, fine sirs. Randy is uh, not going to be talking men's professional golf for the rest of the year. So if you have any questions for him, get him in before the show ends. Joining us as well, we needed the full slate, as, as full of a slate as we could on a Sunday night pod. That's DJ Pie. Hello, Pie Man. Hello, guys. Happy to be with you. Happy to talk about M&A. Happy to talk about Nicholas. We met uh, all of just a great moment for for Canadian golf and uh, maybe not so great moment uh, for all the rest of golf, but excited to talk about it. We're going to get plenty of pot shots in on TC. I do have to defend him first. He did not elect not to be on the show tonight because of what just happened to Tommy Ladd. He is indeed traveling out towards L.A., which is where I made my way out to today. Uh uh, he did a little he, premature victory lap, of course, on Twitter, uh, but we're not going to take a shot at him for that. He's not bailing on his duties tonight just because <laughs> Tommy Ladd did not come through. So. No, he sent two disconnected statements from each other. And, and the second <laughs> one, which I think is relevant, just said, let him know. I'd love to be with him this evening to grieve, but I'm boarding a flight to LAX. Please do not demonize this guy for a solo second on a fluke putt. Oh, God, we could spend some time. And we'll get to the full <laughs> statement after the ad break. Thank you, TC. This episode is brought to you by Titleist and the tour-leading Titleist DSR. This episode is brought to you by Titleist and the tour-leading Titleist TSR drivers. If you are in the market for a new driver, I would strongly advise you do the following. That is go get fit. Buying a driver off the rack makes absolutely no sense at all. Uh, there is a reason why people rave about the experience. We have experienced this firsthand of a club I was using that just was not fit properly for me. It was my own fault, but I needed somebody else. Don't fit yourself either. Don't like go be messing with the head on the driver. The Titleist guys, when we were out there this week, they told a story of like Max trying to mess with his own driver head, and he took it back to JJ and was like, dude, just do do whatever. I'm sorry for whatever I did, but you need to take care of this. So if, if Max can't figure it out, you're not going to figure it out. When you're in the fitting bay, tell your fitter you want to try the Titleist TSR. We've all experienced the benefits of TSR in terms of speed and playable distance off the tee. I play a draw off the tee. Heading into my fitting, uh, I was dealing with a big left miss. I got the TSR 3 10 degree with the SureFit hosel set to C1, which was a little flatter and open. And I paired it with a low spin shaft. Again, none of this I could have done on my own. I have since reintroduced the left miss, which is no fault of JJ's, but we're going to work that out uh, before the end of this month. That's my promise. I've not been playing any golf. The, the performance of TSR is no secret for the last four seasons and counting. Title S has been the most played driver on the PGA Tour. And right now, five of the top 10 and 10 of the top 20 players in the world have a Titleist driver in the bag. Head to Titleist.com to find a fitter near you and see which TSR driver is right for your game. Guys, did uh, did Nick Taylor save golf tonight? I, I feel like he did. I feel like for the, for the second year in a row, uh, the Canadian Open got about as, uh, for a week that started very poorly for them, but got as good of a finish as they could have imagined. 
It would have been awesome if Jen Nance had been like, and Canada saves golf's soul yet again. <laughs> uh, no 9-11 families preaching, uh, preaching on the broadcast this week. But uh, we were, of course, gutted for Tommy Ladd. I, I want to reiterate, there is no rooting against Tommy Ladd in this household. And uh, for any of us on the screen, only rooting against TC and his constant, constant, constant defending and many, many vision fund plays uh, that he seems to place on it. But Randy, did you like the golf this afternoon? I have a feeling you did. I hope you did. It was. It was fun. I was, uh, I, for as many laughs, I guess, as we had Thursday and Friday at the leaderboard, I, I tell you what, by the end of round three, I, I was excited for today's action between Rory and you had a slew of Englishmen, including obviously Fleetwood going for his first victory. Um, our, our DJ, your guy, Justin Rose, uh, <laughs> gunning for a win i don't know it just felt like it, it oddly turned into this pretty compelling leaderboard and obviously the golf today was uh was exciting i the, the question i'd love to ask you guys was i mean was that a good playoff was it, like what happened there that was a hell of a putt to win it of course but um yeah overall solly great day I, I only took one tiny little nap and that was you know that was hours ago so um it's on a one-stop strategy today so that's good that's that's better than exactly the you know he went for the hard tires all the way to the finish there the, the hard tires had to go longer and in a little bit of wet condition there in the back half of that one as the as the rain started falling mm -hmm. in the playoff but i think there's something funny randy you know i did not watch a lot of golf this week we we're doing a lot of uh trying to beat the bushes for some facts trying to hunt down some info randy uh and I, I was uh, down in Chicago this weekend. I was taking the train back up to Milwaukee, figured I, you know, I'm not going to watch this golf, but I turned it on, on my phone, watch it, watched it the entire way home. It was un unbelievable. And was the golf good in the playoff? No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say it was great, but like, man, just knowing what's on the line, both personally with TC, <laughs> the vision fund, all the, all the, the big tone, Tommy lad, like kind of ether what's going on over there. And then just knowing what's going on for our neighbors to the north, uh, seeing how hard they ride for Nick Taylor. It's like kind of one of those cool things where it almost doesn't matter how bad the golf is. You're just kind of like, man, I just can't look away. This is this is spectacular. And also, before we get too deep into it, Nick Taylor kind of like is on a career year, guys. He's yeah. playing really freaking good golf. And I feel like a lot of this stuff kind of gets like men in black, you know, wiped from your wipe from your psyche after you watch it but like i remember sitting in phoenix uh kvv when we did the the pot out there just an awesome final round uh out of him he, he obviously came up a little short but he's just looked like a different player this year and it's cool to see not only a win payoff but for that win to pay off uh it's just you know he's one of those guys that kind of makes up that like fatty middle of the PJ tour that doesn't really get talked about a lot in this whole, you know, live, uh, everybody should be making a hundred million dollars conversation. And it's just, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm here to shout that out. Hell of a year going for Nick Taylor. So good for him. And it seems like he's, he's making some massive, massive strides forward. Nance, Nance was calling this one of the greatest moments in Canadian sports history. Do you think that's uh, a fair? Do you say sports I'm or golf? I think he, he said, said sports. sports. I'm glad you flagged that. <laughs> that made that made me double take. But look, I was at the Winter Olympics in 2002 when the Canadians won the gold medal in hockey for the first time in 50 years, and there were grown men just weeping openly <laughs> in the. Uh, so so uh, look, I got to put that up at the top. But maybe you know Nick Taylor makes the top five. I don't know. 
That was a sweet moment. That was If I may, sorry, if I may, if that's in the top five of sports history for your nation, you're not a good sporting nation. Okay, sorry, Saul. No, I mean, I I think you guys are exactly right with that. That might have been Jim getting a little carried away, but I'm sure there were also 50-year-old grown men weeping uh, by the side of the green. But look, I... We, of course, all respect, too. all respect to Nick Taylor. Uh, I, can we get to the real headline here? Adam Hadwin getting absolutely truck stick by the security <laughs> guard. <laughs> that was one of the highlights of the golfing year for me. Uh, you could see the champagne. I could see I could understand exactly what happened almost immediately. Nick Taylor makes the putt. Uh, I see champagne getting sprayed all over him. And I see like the, the caddy like turn to be like, what the, what just happened? And Jim Nance says it out loud. Adam Hadwin just got tackled by security <laughs> after trying to join in on the celebration. The many views of it got circulated afterwards. Incredible form tackle. Maybe the best play better ever you could possibly be given <laughs> is to be tackled on the 18 green. Well, I love it. He drove his legs. He I mean, he didn't him. just stop with it. He, yeah. he absolutely wrapped him up and then drove him into the ground. Oh, it immediately reminded me of the, the clip that's gone viral on how big a Swifties you guys are, but the clip of uh, Taylor swinging bad, uh, bad blood in one of her concerts. And there's a fan that's like getting kicked out and she starts yelling at the security guard in the middle of it. Like, she's not doing anything. She's fine. That was Hadwin's. If you watch, watch Taylor's <laughs> caddy, you know, he's still hugging Taylor and he's like, no, 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 uh, don't tackle Adam Hadwin. <laughs> Um, God, we you want to do a Tommy lad here? Do you want me to read TC's statement? Yes. Let's Please let's say. lead with that because I do think this this, this was- whole day, this whole tournament took on such larger stakes for all of us purely because TC has been writing for years and years for Tommy Lad. Uh, he said, "Quote, tell them." Subquote: The sting of the loss is one thing, but the sting of letting Vision Fund shareholders down is another. Uh, have I taken my eye off the ball spending so much time doing investigative journalism? I'm not sure, but I still <laughs> believe in Tommy. Where do we go from here? Well, we go to the Los Angeles Country Club, a course that the captain, George C. Thomas, designed specifically with flushers like Tommy in mind. We will see you out <laughs> west. Regards, TC. Wow. I love to imagine TC in like the rental car line, like just t- banging that out, you know, asking you for a quick edit, Deej. And then, yeah, uh, there was some improv there. There was a couple, yeah. of, couple of mistakes on the fly. But, uh, you know, just just a real tough scene for Tronny's. You know, I saw I, I think as a, you know, someone who's kind of been through this with big tone, any any advice you would offer him? I just wanted to be clear. Are we comparing uh, zero PGA Tour wins for Tommy Fleetwood's in 119 starts with Tony Finau's six wins? Are we? Is that the comparison we're making right now? I, I appreciate you just are, really are we, putting up the defenses there, but we're talking big tone when he was, you know, the the mule, okay. like you know, the foremost mule. Just one Puerto Rico Open win, uh, you know, but when he was he was in Tommy's shoes. Yeah, I mean, I tried to warn you guys that the expected wins for Tommy for Tony Finau were out of control, that the luck was going to start regulating. Uh, the numbers don't check out as much with Fleetwood. I will say in defense of Tommy Ladd, this was his best PGA Tour performance to date, I would have to think. I don't know what his total strokes gained was for the week, but if that would technically hold up. But that was the best effort we've had from him on the greens. We've seen putts from him come up woefully not not literally short, but woefully short in terms of putts that he's needed, five footers he's needed to make. Like that all happened this weekend. That I thought Tommy was going to win. That being said, steps up to the 18th hole, under 500 yard, par five. Yeah, it's a funky hole, but all he has to do is hit an iron. 
and maybe a five wood or maybe another iron onto the green and two putt and he wins the wins the tournament and misses the fairway off the tee on 18 misses the fairway with his layup uh and then has to you know kind of scramble a little bit to make par that was his opportunity to win it he had another putt in the playoff to win it did not make had a couple other looks in the playoff to win it did not really sniff the hole and it was a very it was a missed opportunity got done a little dirty by some luck at the very end a 72 footer for eagle not very common to see fall against you but uh i it's good to see Tommy playing really good golf. It, it is good for TC to eat just a little bit more humble pie, but I'm ready for Tommy to win one now. It's it's TC can't gloat when he finally does win one at this point. It's been 120 starts, so I'm I'm over it. I'm it's I'm fine with it. I've made peace with it and I'm excited to go see him win something. The only thing I will say is, you know, for those that that don't remember Tron did promise a suit and tie formal apology if he doesn't win the uh us open so sorry i'm with you massive tommy guy massive finno guy hope it happens i just you know i don't want it to happen next week but yeah. like <laughs> i hope he wins the open i'd be all in for that guys we might have to check the tape i'm not sure if i'm the only one who remembered tron saying uh, this was going to be black tie <laughs> I, I think we're talking tuxedo here randy I, listen as somebody who made a promise to do full-on mutton chops uh at, and you know, for your Tony Finau bet and never coming through with it, I think you might have to. I can't grow them. You might have to sit this one out. You might have. To, I, I think that's only fair. I got to. I got to keep you honest here. But the Tony. Okay, we don't have to relitigate <laughs> it. Well, let's move on. It's, no, uh, it's similar. It's similar in that, like, it, it is. It, it sh- this should be happening, and it's not. Uh, yet at the same time, this didn't feel. It doesn't feel like he's getting done in by bad luck. Like a lot of the. Again, I was. You guys were rolling your eyes at it. He was shooting final round 64s and getting edged out in playoffs. This was a different scenario than what Fleetwood has put forth. And even if Taylor's putt doesn't fall, chances are it nestles up there. He makes four, and Tommy's got, what, at best, a a 50-50 putt to to tie the hole. I mean, I think think Taylor making four there probably gets him the victory. Um, He just ended up making three. Yeah, Fleetwood, you know, some folks asked me actually this morning, at, we, we had a very wonderful roost uh, major event out here in Denver. And obviously, Tommy being at the top of the leaderboard, they said, do you like Tommy? I said, I love Tommy. Nobody likes Tommy more than I do. But if I, it, I have to be consistent and call out his shortcomings. And not having one on the PGA Tour, it's, it's really tough to overlook. I, you know, part of me wonders, if he careered it with the putter this week and he still doesn't win, that's not great. I, I don't know. It's um, it's it's tough for Tommy. I know you guys are incredibly bored by the expected win stats, but just to put a little perspective on it, he should his expected wins is about two and a half wins on the PGA Tour uh, to this point. So he he he's had so he has had some bad luck. I want to at least acknowledge that. But um, it 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 feel this feels a little different. I, I've kind of. The only dogging I've done of Tommy in recent years has been like, dude, he hasn't been the guy that he once was. Like TC just kept trying to convince us that he has been for like four years now. It's been a long time we've been putting up with this, and it seems like he's finally starting to be back and hitting the ball the way he should be, and 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 being a very serious threat. So uh, that's at least worth acknowledging. Can we talk about eighteen? Where's your, what's your guys' stance? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Eighteen at uh, at Glen Oak. Was that what it's called? What was the name of the course? Uh, Kind of quirky. I don't know. Uh, Oakville, I believe. Oakville, very nearly Blokeville, but not quite. <laughs> I liked it. Let, let me let me make the case for. All right, uh, par five. It's quirky, uh, Randy. There's only one way to play it. Everybody plays it the same way. 
I, you know, listen, how many holes like that do we get week to week on tour? That doesn't really bother me too much. I, I like that it's a little weird. And listen, everybody's got to play. Everybody's got to play the the weird little par five, and and we'll see what's what. I mean, honestly, it was kind of like a par four and a quarter most of the week, maybe not even that. So, I, I think much much ado about nothing in the end. But yeah, sign me up for some weird holes every now and again. I'd like to issue a formal apology. I called it Oakville. It's, uh, it's Oakdale. Oak, Oakdale. <laughs> yeah. uh, so apologies to you know everybody. Uh, Randy, I. I of course, we'll preface this with I have never been to this place. I don't know what's possible from a, a land perspective. I only watched about five holes of this golf tournament. So, you know, that's that's all uh, all comes with the territory. It just seems really close to like if there was a little more room up that left side to actually being a spot where like you could tempt somebody to hit a driver or you could tempt somebody to like actually make a choice off the tee. Right. That that's I, I don't mind when all the like honestly, I don't mind when all the tee shots end up in the same place. In a way, it almost reminded me of like uh 18 at East Lake, right? When like when it's firm and everybody just gets down the hill and you just kind of all wind up in the same spot and you know, you you all kind of have the second the same second shot coming in. It reminded me of that a, a little bit, but I I guess uphill instead of downhill. But I uh yeah, I just it seemed like it was close. You got that cool creek going through there, and it just seems like the way it's going right now, it's like truly just a waste of like 60 yards whereas if it was rerouted just a little bit you could have maybe made it a little more interesting i do like that it makes everybody hit fairway wood too if you're gonna go for the green too like nobody's gonna hit iron in there so that's sort of a test of like they're all ripping fairway woods in there which is fun it it and like if the tee shot was a true throwaway then i could get down with it being kind of silly but we saw it not be a throwaway i mean tommy missed the fairway nick taylor missed the fairway in the playoff like it was not a guaranteed hit the fairway it reminded me a little bit of 14 of Muirfield village where it's kind of feels like a little throwaway tee shot. But like, Hey, if you screw that up, you have totally put yourself behind the eight ball on this. And we kept seeing it get screwed up and I don't know, it was kind of working for me. It's kind of like, dude, I'd rather see that as like a finishing hole than like a, 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 a kind of just a bomb it and figure it out. Par five or something like that. I don't know. There's a little, just the right amount of quirk to it. Brandon, I want to shout out Brandon Matthews drove it over the Creek twice this week. That's, that's how I was just looking. I was just <laughs> looking sick. at the, uh, at the scatter <laughs> chart. That's, that's wild. That's interesting that you like kind of some of these like really narrow hit the fairway or die holes. I'll, I'll be interested to hear how that, oh God. how that take ages over the next couple months. I think yeah, it, you just got to hit the shot, man. Everyone's playing the same course. He's got to hit the shot. Step I never said it. everyone's playing the same course. That's a dumb, big Randy thing. And we're not going to do that. All right. We're not doing just, that here. It's just interesting. It's just interesting. It, I think in, you put this, a, put this on the hillside of Marco Simone. I <laughs> get that creek going through there. I don't think we get the same answer. <laughs> but hurt. Maga Sully. <laughs> 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 in a non-rolled back ball world i'm in on making like if you're going to try to force fairway woods into guys hands on the 18th green or 18th tee uh i, I this works for me that way we're, we're going to see some forced like th- 290 part threes this week at the us open we got a lot lot to unpack in this i think but by, by the way uh you mentioned brandon matthews uh on those two tee shots he had 151 yards in and 107 yards in <laughs> Into the par five. 107 yards in? He had yeah, 107 yards in. When when the pin was up front, he drove it 368 and had 107 yards in. He was eight over at the time. Dude, just absolutely, absolutely. Shout out to his family. Anything else from uh, from RBC, Canadian Open? Yeah, do we need to talk about Rory? I, I This did not come across my desk. I don't know what I don't know what the rib did this week. I, I thought he was up there. 
and then now he's not up there. Uh, is that is that accurate? He shot uh, even par seventy two uh, today when he started uh, started the day just two shots back. He finished uh, five shots out of the playoff. Um, he had a very good day with the wedges on Saturday. He did not have such a good day uh, today. Finished the week forty fourth in strokes gained approach overall after being second in strokes gained off the tee. Absolutely manhandling the ball off the tee and had a pretty good putting week. So. Uh, I think he hit something like 12 wedges in the third round. I'm going to give a shout out to, I believe it's Ron Kloss that does. Uh, Roy Wedge Watcher. Try, yeah, yeah Roy, Roy, the Roy Red, Red Wedge Wedge Watcher. That's a tongue twister uh, on Twitter. That's very good notes, but also roll back the damn Paul. He's got 12 wedges in. <laughs> Truly just, just jarring to see some of these names uh, in front of him on the, the leaderboard. Andrew Novak, Dr. Brandon Wu, Mark Hubbard, Eric Cole, C.T. Pan. Just, just tough for in a, in a week where again we're like, oh, every all these guys should be making four hundred million dollars. It's like, yeah, I mean, maybe they shouldn't, but we could get to that later. <laughs> I think we should give a hap tip to Harry Higgs for a pretty yes. good finish. He's been struggling a lot lately. Yeah, eleven under finished uh, tight T twelve, and uh, Ludwig. Uh, I feel like we should at least mention that for in our TC. Yeah, uh, Ludwig 20, finished uh, T twenty five in his yeah. first start as a as a professional um tc wanted of course wanted to point out that it was a bad course fit so um <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know why exactly but that he wanted that uh stayed into the record as well also for rory total pass for this week sure, uh, i mean sure, sure. for all the shit that's been going down i don't know how the hell he's gonna have any energy going into lacc but i certainly certainly hope he uh shows up with some but I was. We were prepared to, to bump Canadian Open all the way down the uh, down the agenda tonight because obviously a lot more shit happened in the golf world uh, this past week. First, before we get to that, I want to shout out our friends at Roback Activewear. You all know Roback; they understand quality. There's only one way to describe Roback: that's best fit, best feel. We're kicking off summer. It is time to load up on the best gear that we have in our closets, their performance polos, the USA theme design that I called out in the uh, LACC YouTube video, which you can check out. Watch that before uh, the US Open pops off this week. I told TC, like, I'm wearing this one. You can figure out what the hell you're going to wear uh, because I'm calling this polo. I was stoked when they sent that over. I packed it actually to wear it out this week at LACC yet again. Four-way stretch, moisture-wicking fabric. They will get you through a warm summer day on the course. The performance hoodies are fantastic. They're stretchy. They're soft. They're comfortable. I had my brother-in-law come raid my closet uh, because he was looking for some spare uh, rowback hoodies that I wasn't wearing anymore. Tough to find them because I'm wearing them constantly. Lastly, the performance Q-zips are a game-changer. Uh, they are perfect for an early round of golf. They're soft, they're stretchy, they're comfortable. You can wear them out casually around town as well. Uh, can't go anywhere without spying the subtle dog logo or the two-stripe ridge on the back. That is Roback. Father's Day is approaching. Code NLU at Roback.com for 20% off your first order through the end of this week. That's R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. 20% off polos, Q-zips, hoodies, and more with code NLU. Summer is calling. Check them out now. Guys, just before we move on, I just because this news is just coming across my desk, uh, Nick Taylor shot 75 in the first round. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. wild, man. Yeah. That is news to me. The, the Canada was overwhelming him early on, oh and then he just really dialed in. Just wanted to state that, read that into the record for for yeah. anybody who uh, who missed that as well. 75, and then going to shoot 17 under, Randy. I mean, what does that tell you about just staying in the fucking process, staying locked in, staying in your think box? That's impressive. I was also going to say uh, uh, Terrell, 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 Hatton, Terrell uh, shot 264s this week and uh, did not win, 
which is uh gotta be kicking himself for those two seventy twos, I think. But uh good good week for him as well. Shot sixty four the double today. He doubled the eighth hole and made ten other birdies uh today. So Shout out to Tyrrell. All right, guys, we have uh, we have done two podcasts this week on all of the changes that have happened in the world of golf, which uh, if you're just tuning in now, we're going to do our best to kind of answer some questions on this that you might be having uh, and as well kind of document how we feel about everything that's happened over the past week. As the week has gone along, I feel uh, I felt differently about it as of when we recorded Tuesday night, felt differently the next day. We have... Uh, scoured the phone lines and talked to as many people as possible. I would say up between all of us, probably 30 to 40 people at this point of trying to understand exactly what's going on, different perspectives, stuff that, you know, is on the record, off the record, all this stuff. And it's all going to kind of get amalgamated here into uh, our overall opinion of how it's all happened. But uh, KBV, let me start with you. How do you feel now about all of this? Uh, has your Has your feeling on any of this evolved as the week has gone along? I I don't know if we or feel the same about this, but I'm a little bit more concerned, uh, I guess, from the PJ Tour's perspective that they may have sort of um, left some opportunities there to seek other investment. And also, I don't know that they're going to be able to control the board infinitely like the way that they think, but I have some sort of um, thoughts and maybe some perspective. Uh, we can get into that later. I, I think... Th- the timing of this to me feels rushed. I think we could all probably agree in some ways. Like even if you sort of look at this, like, oh, it came together in seven weeks, which I believe was Jay's timeline when he spoke on Tuesday, that still seems super fast. And uh, can you imagine know re- how restructuring NLU in seven weeks? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Let alone like changing the entire <laughs> men's professional sport in seven weeks. We do never know what Neil's up that's, to. That's so. True. It- yeah, we gotta check Neil's uh, Neil's tail number, see where he's been jetting off to. Just bringing this back real quick of saying like, this ain't done, right? To your exact yeah. point, this is. I think everyone's first news that they heard was that Live and the PJ Tour merged. That was what I thought for the first hour, maybe two hours in. I was like, well, can we can we go backwards here? Like, what is that? What the hell does that mean? I don't understand what that means. And then you start to pull on it. The players had no they had no idea this was going on. How does this happen in a player-run organization? Well, it's because it hasn't gotten to the players yet. What they should have very clearly communicated at the beginning was this was a framework agreement that had been reached between basically four people and their staffs uh, getting together between Yasser Al-Ramayan, Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, Ed Herlihy, who's an independent director on the PGA Tour board, and Jimmy Dunn, who's also an independent director on the PGA Tour board. That is who put this deal together together. and they have reached an agreement that now has to go through a long process, a lot of process. Does it hold up to legal scrutiny? Does it get the players approve it? Have the players reacted to it? They didn't even know about it until Tuesday morning and hadn't been met with Jay Tuesday afternoon. I think if we all can agree, all of us, all listeners included, agree to back the fuck up and just say, like, this is not done. We have a lot of reasons to think it won't happen and won't go through. Uh, we can explore some of that. We're going to talk a lot about it on this episode as if it will go through. Uh, but just flagging that as a reminder here, like this is not done. And as the week went along, it felt farther and farther away. Sorry, Kevin, go ahead. No, I was just going to hit this back to you. I, I I don't know how many texts like this you got, but I certainly got 25 of them of like, hey, the Saudis just bought the PGA Tour. Like, yep. what does that mean? So I'm going to kick this to you, Sully, because I think you have the best grasp of this. 
when someone says the, the Saudis bought the PGA Tour, what actually does the framework agreement say? So again, what has happened is this part of this melts my brain a little bit, right? Because I don't really know how nonprofit organizations are run. I don't understand why the PGA Tour has, you know, doesn't hasn't opened up a for-profit entity. I know there's some parts of their business that are run in a for-profit entity. Some of their TPC stuff, PGA Tour Superstore, I believe, all falls into their for-profit bucket, whatever. I don't understand how the tour gets away with their 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 you know 501c6 status and all that, and how they've just been able to prop up this what they're calling Nuco, which is a partnership agreement between the DP World Tour, the PGA Tour, and the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, where they've all agreed to contribute all of their commercial assets from their individual tours and leagues, including Live Golf, obviously on the PIF side, uh, all into a what they're calling Nuco, which is a for-profit separate entity. Um, that is, again, as best as I can describe it, is going to be about investing in the game of golf. Like that is, you know, they could be buying Pebble Beach is the example that's floating around out there. They could buy the LPGA Tour. They could buy the PGA Championship. They could buy uh, Dick Sporting Goods. I don't know what what it all it could be, but basically it's essentially an investment arm that the PIF, the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, has agreed to contribute assets to and when they you know they add up whatever the all the asset contribution is the pif will basically say for whatever stake they're going to take in this they will meet with cash to uh buy into this basically it'll be a funding of this entity through um through an independent valuation of what they've been able to provide from with assets dj what 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 I, i'm sure i screwed some of that up anything uh, you know trip your alarms there no, I think that's right. I mean, I, I think it's I'm with you. I'm thoroughly, thoroughly confused as far as what remains the PJ Tour, the 501c6, and what is the new company, and how are those two things related, and what's the hierarchy, and a, a lot of that stuff. I think what makes it even more confusing, which somebody brought up uh, this week, is just the fact that all the tournaments on the PJ Tour, for the most part, are owned and operated by like local organizations, right? Like the PJ Tour doesn't like it it sanctions the canadian open but it doesn't own the canadian open it doesn't it you know it doesn't organize it it does and then it gets <laughs> it gets even more confusing when you start getting into like championship management department at the pj tour which does own and operate some of the events so it's like it's just this big massive erector set the pj tour is in general that has just been like building and building and building and adding wings and adding rooms and adding wheels and adding this for 60 years to the point that it's like, I think what's so funny, uh, Saul, you mentioned this, like the first time that it was on TV was live and the PJ tour merge. And like I, that made my brain explode when I, sense. when I saw it, because I'm like, what, how can they merge? Like live doesn't like have anything like what, what that's not, that doesn't make sense. But I think like if you're not somebody who follows this stuff for like 60 hours a week and has a bunch of conversations, like I obviously understand why people like thought that that was the case, right? And what's so complicated about this is like we've just been talking about it for four minutes just trying to explain the first bullet point of what the <laughs> fuck is going on. And truly until you read bullet points one through 18, like you're not going to have a full grasp. So like of course – and this is not anybody's fault. This is not pointing fingers. This is just the way it goes is like 
of course, it's going to get distilled down to like, well, the Saudis bought golf. Well, the Saudis yeah. bought the PGA Tour. Well, the Saudis bought Rory McIlroy. Well, Phil won. Well, Jay's an idiot. Well, Rory's a cuck. Well, all of like all of this stuff, and it's just like <laughs> some yeah, of these man, might be true, and some of those are totally true. <laughs> Maybe all of them are true, but like they're all true, like with nuance and with complexities and with all of those things. So, like, Randy, is that? Your nuance these nuts dude. Is, that, <laughs> is that your read on it and i think the other thing is like that i keep coming back to as i've thought about it all week and we're kind of like a week into it now is does like at, at some point it's almost like you can you can drill down into all these complexities as much as you want but at the same time it's still going to come back to like what is the headline and what is the like top bullet point because it still needs to be simplified at some point do, do you know what i'm saying and, and if I may, just saying, all right, to answer again, back to Kevin's question, I'll let you go here in a second, Randy, but uh, did the Saudis buy the PGA Tour is there is a, a huge sticking point between the live boys and other writers, I guess, that have been have approached this is saying, all right, live is funding a lot of stuff now, right? So they they pull all the purse. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, the Saudi, the public investment fund is funding this thing now. They control all the purse strings. Yasser Al-Ramayan is the chairman of the new co, right? The, the new company here. And they're providing all the money. They control everything. Is something that has been written and inferred. Yeah. But what the reality of the situation and acknowledged in the CNBC interview by Al-Ramayan is that the control of that entity, which is CEO'd, by Jay Monahan, the control of it remains with the PGA Tour. They have three seats on this board, and Ramayan has one. The PIF has one, and it is not a super vote. It they have a first right of refusal for any additional investments to be made in that new company. That doesn't mean PGA Tour sponsors. That doesn't mean uh, that they can buy more votes or more shares in this. The control lies within the PGA Tour. Al Ramayan said that specifically in CNBC. Uh, the interviewer Faber said the governance stays with the PGA. Ramayan said, except for certain things that have to have the full board, the normal circumstances, the control stays with PGA. We are there for a number of things, you know, to have the right governance, to have the right business propositions and to make growth. But the control we trust, the PGA Tour, we understand and we honor and we respect the history that the PGA Tour has. And he, he refers to it multiple other times as saying the control stays within the PGA Tour. Can I, Randy, any, any reaction to that? Sorry, we keep jumping over you. Uh no, DJ, please go ahead because I wanted to circle back in just the rollout and some of the comms around uh, the proposed agreement. So keep going on. So this I thread. think there's two things to take away from from all of that. One is, as explained to us, as explained on you know CNBC and in SI and in all the interviews with all these different people. I think the the most basic way that it's going to work is again we explained this in the first podcast this new company all these people put all of their assets into a bucket an independent you know evaluation is done to figure out what the valuation of that bucket is so if all of you know the PJ tour and the DP world tour and the PIF's golf interests are all worth 10 billion dollars and the PIF wants to buy equity into this company of 20% then they're going to kick 2 billion dollars into you know, this new company. What it's not is just like a fire hose of irrational money the way that Liv is, right? Like, I, what I think what got really confusing about some of the reporting is just like whenever like Jay needs a check, he just like 
yeah. you know, he Yasser, just invoices he just, Yasser. And I, I think hit me up on Venmo, whatever. Yeah. And I, I think what, what this strikes me as much, much more. And I think, I, I would think that this is like music to the ears of the, like, what about Uber? What about Boeing? What about, you know, all of these other companies like people is like that. This feels like so much more of a traditional like minority investor relationship uh like they have done in like hundreds and hundreds of other companies so is that like does that make me feel a little like weird and icky like yes it does but does that make me feel a lot 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 different than we are going to prop up our own golf league we're going to bring all these guys to saudi arabia we're going to have them doing tours in schools we're going to do all of these things <laughs> you know with patrick reed and all these other guys like does this feel a lot different than that it does and the second thing which i think kind of like dovetails with that is i think there's a reason why they want to be woven into the fabric of the pga tour right like there's there's a reason why they just they don't want to come in and torpedo everything there's a reason why they wanted to get into golf and it's because golf looks the way that the pga tour does right and there's a reason that they want to be part of that fabric and in those conversations and they want Aramco to be an official marketing partner of the PJ tour. And they want, you know, when Jay is at the players championship and he's in hospitality and it's like, Oh, Hey, Morgan Stanley and Charles Schwab and Grant Thornton and AT&T and blah, blah, blah. Like, have you met my friend Yasser? Like he's right here. Like that's the whole point when we've talked about all this sports washing stuff is man, they just want to be legitimized. Like that's, yeah. that's the end game. They want to be at the table to have like American and global blue chip companies take Saudi as seriously as like an investment partner. And I mean, I, like what better way would you get that than like being part of the PJ tour, which already has that ecosystem. So like what, what it is not to me is like, I'm going to come in and completely blow everything up. So it's like, no, 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 you don't like, you don't get it. I'm just like trying to get in the door and then I have everything that I'm looking for. I think dudes like the, and I don't know how I feel exactly about this, but I'm going to sit here and present it a little bit. What I think the PJ tours perspective is, is that instead of viewing the Saudis as like movie villains who want to come in and like destroy golf and take over and run it their way, it's now more like, oh, what they want is to be respected and to be part of the community that we have. And so that's when the sort of tone changed. And that's where like Jimmy's like, well, I wanted to find out what they wanted. And when they, once, as soon as they found out what they wanted, they would have played golf twice, whatever. I was like, yeah, come on actually, in. These guys are great for us. Let's go ahead and do this. Now, I don't know that I quite buy into that, but uh, yeah, can I jump in there? I think that's their I, perspective. I, I, I think any I like to consider myself a sane person would ask what took them so long. Oh, yeah. To simply ask, "Hey, what do you guys want?" Like that 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 strains belief to me. And if I was to answer that in like the, the most defense, I, I want to make it clear. Like if this is starting to sound like we are flipping over backwards to defend the PGA Tour on this, I'm still confused on what I think at all of it all. I think they this did not go well. I'm not like excited about any of this. Uh, but I think if I was to answer that, Randy, I think the flipping of the, the the ruling in the UK put the tour finally in a spot where, as well as the, you know, already winning the case in terms of having to have Yasser sit for a deposition, which is never going to happen. That's a huge PowerPoint for the tour. And then when in the UK, the European tour won out, 
They're, they won the sports resolutions decision to be able to say we can enforce our rules and regulations against the guys that went over and played live. That was also a quiver in the arrow of the tour side. Yes, like the, the Saudis could afford to run these you know legal cases for as long as they wanted. The tour didn't want that. But finally, the tour got to a spot where they could start to dictate the terms of what this agreement would look like, which if I'm being objective on it, probably looks pretty decent for the PGA Tour. Now, the players individually – they have a huge problem here. Do they have a communications problem? Do they have a, a long way to go on the legal front and the antitrust front? All that, yes. But like overall, they don't they got rid of their competitor, which might have been illegal. And they also got a shitload of funding in the door. Like if I'm that 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 part, horrible, horrible route to getting here. Hate how we got here. Not even sure if I'm excited for golf going forward. But in a vacuum, getting to that point is at least some kind of a win for the PGA tour. I can squint my eyes and and yes, I agree with you. I, I think I think what I get held up on is it's such a blank slate. And in the f- what five days since it's been announced, we've heard like new details about you know what the players will be yeah. getting. and I, I just I, I have a hard time saying this is a good deal when we don't really know what the deal entails. I think at a very top level, like, hey, the tour needs money and they need this fight to stop. Like, yeah. is that is this a good deal along those lines? Sure, because, you know, if that's all we're judging it by. But there's so many other factors that we simply have no idea about. And it points to, like, the players obviously have no idea about either. And so so I I, I can't get all the way there. And I did want to just, yeah, go ahead. No, Nate. I think there's something uh, like just to to quickly build on that. I, I think we also have to call out the fact that like you, you just said, all of these interviews are kind of based on like, hey, man, trust me, I was in the room. This is gonna, This is how it's going to go. There were no details discussed, but like, trust me, we're, we're good. You it's like, well, respectfully, <laughs> I got to play some quotes back to you that you've said over the last couple of years and like. <laughs> I just I don't think I am going to trust what she said. No, like, and and I think that's if I was a player, I I totally understand the reading of like, yeah, man, I, like I'm not going to trust anything you fucking said. Like, what? Why would I do that? And I think once like where I get to personally is like once you read bullet points one through eighteen, you start to realize like, man, this kind of seems like it takes shape, and I I can understand how they got to this point and kind of what the what the game theory was of of getting there but uh yeah i don't necessarily blame anybody for not trusting uh the vision coming out of you know day one here sally did yasser sell out his own uh, live voice it, from where i'm sitting and i i want to i want to back up to, to randy's point like i'm not all the way there for this just to clarify my stance like i don't i don't think anyone possibly could be i don't i think there's way too many details to be worked to worked out but to answer your question man it certainly looks that way it again it live made no fucking sense like to uh, it made no sense other than to have an end goal that looked something like this which is exactly what you just outlined of where yasser is going to be where the piff is going to be in on the global world stage do you want to be like in the room with all of the important people that sponsor the pga tour and be as seen as a major major player in an in an investment group with the pga tour to be able to go and invest in whatever you want in golf or do you want to like be on the cw and not ranked in the top 150 sh- like shows in the united states the the market you're desperate to try to win 
ignore all the, the the shit they say about trying to win the world and all that stuff. There's a reason why most of the events are in the United States. They want to win the United States. They want to do business with the United States. So if you just back up and say, like, live made no sense – Yes, he absolutely he paid these players a ton of money. They they should have known that the rug could have got pulled out from underneath them at any point. Does it seem to me like it got pulled out from underneath them? It absolutely does. Jay Monahan is now the CEO of the organization of which Liv belongs to. Uh, Greg Norman found out about this 90 seconds before they went on television <laughs> to announce it. Like That doesn't sound to me like Liv is about to keep going. I know Martin Keimer is saying it's going to keep going. Of course, Greg Norman is still saying it. The Liv bots are, of course, still saying it. I cannot imagine a scenario where Mike Monahan does his empirical review of live at the end of this year. And it's like, Oh God, I didn't realize the cliques had this farm system going. Like we got to keep this going and see how this like plays out. Like we have to see how this plays out. Um, I, I, I don't see that happening. I like Yasser and the PIF have gotten what they want out of this deal. And I think there's going to be some form of team golf going forward. I think that seems to be important to Yasser but I don't see how live with all the divisiveness and all of the shit, like which we can go back over and highlight what it's been like to get to this point. If you'll allow me at some point, I think that he did sell his players out. So to just to clarify and we'll sort of give the live perspective here, what Norman is saying uh, is that live is going to continue. Certainly it's good. They are making plans for 2024. Norman said to his people that it's going to continue as a standalone enterprise. And that now They've, I, th I think, I don't think he used this word legitimized, but they've been, have had sponsors knocking down their doors, including Anheuser-Busch, uh, Marriott, uh, ESPN, uh, that's what's news to me, uh, was surprised to see that, uh, as people who might want to suddenly sponsor them, um, that, I think the fire pit reported that, and so, I, you know, maybe, like, look, I, Jay said, that, you know, in his presser on Tuesday, he did not see a scenario in which Liv ran concurrent uh, tournaments, but perhaps maybe the team golf might have some sort of future in this new enterprise. So I don't know what what version. I mean, I, I guess in in order to excuse me, in order to avoid like total humiliation defeat, would Liv continue on and exist in some other form uh, where there's are events that kind of run on you know, during the silly season where you know maybe some other players are allowed to participate in. I don't know. I, I just you have to sort of ask yourself, and I think the Live people have, have made very clear that they believe that Yasser cares so deeply about Live, and he was, you know, involved in every detail and getting down to the logo and all that stuff. He's gonna never let his baby die, and I think my feeling of that would be a misread in the sense that I think all Yasser really cared about is getting the PIF to the table with larger investments because he may like golf, but his job uh, from being the governor of the the public investment fund is to get investments in Saudi Arabia so that they can build the things they want to do and change the sort of future of Saudi Arabia's economy. I don't think he really cares about Phil Mickelson's grievances with the PGA tour. I think there's probably three, like, I think there's three scenarios that are, that are possible from live as I'm, I'm thinking of this now. I think one, the best case scenario is basically the live becomes the priority and they love, I think that would be more based on like the business model. And if you could make franchises, you know, if they can do their empirical analysis and they say like, well, if we put Rory and John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth and Max Homa and Justin Thomas on these live teams, then like that outweighs what we're currently doing with the PGA tour. And we actually are going to move 
the PJ Tour events, you know, are basically live is going to become the priority. I think I was told that Rory would not be wanted by any team because he was a little bit. <laughs> no, well, that's true. <laughs> According uh, to some of the reporting. Be, be that as it may. Uh, I, I think that's my charitable reading of like the best case scenario. Do I think that's going to happen? Uh, absolutely not. But I think the second best situation is what you said, Kevin. I think it's, oh, Liv is in the fall. It's time for, like, Liv's ramping up. This is, you know, tour championships over. We've got this sprint of, you know, 8, 10, 12 weeks. Uh, it's Liv season. Get ready. You know, whatever. That That's an option, too. And I think number three would be the worst-case scenario. And the reason I say this is because I don't, like, in what fucking world are we like when would we ever run two podcasts like at the same time like <laughs> competing with each other like that like uh, you know i know we have the trap draw and uh and uh the main pod but like we're not going to just put out two like podcasts recapping the canadian open that's that's just not not how it works so i, I think the third option is what's to stop the piff and i think there's it's interesting to hear them keep saying standalone entity right like no live is its own thing lives a standalone entity live lives by itself live do, you know is over here because what's to stop the piff you know maybe this is tinfoil hat but like when the antitrust stuff starts coming up and the government says like you can't run both of these leagues what's to stop the piff from saying oh no 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 we're not live we just fund live like we support live live is a standalone entity we will like spin that off we will move our investment over to this new company. Like, you know, Liv, it's been awesome. I, I wish you all the best. Uh, we taught them how to walk. Now they must run exactly. fly by themselves. And, you know, the cliques are already working on, you know, their 2025 schedule. We wish them all the best. We know they don't have any funding, and we know that their <laughs> business model doesn't work and that they run at, you know, what, a billion dollar a year loss. Uh, but we wish them all the best. Like, doesn't that – I don't know. I have a very fun – like – rudimentary understanding of the antitrust stuff but that seems like it would be oh at least a way to get move that ball forward and and uh, you know essentially put a bullet in Liv's head without actually doing it i yeah this is my subjective uh, you know look into this is i think it would have been off-putting for anyone speaking on the tour side to come out and say like how oh, lives dead like we, we you know yeah as nice but, as monahan could have said it was like yeah, well, I don't see them running concurrently. We're and we're going to do a full review of it at the at the end of the year. Which, like, yeah, let's let's take a look at the the in what's coming in from this and what's going out, and let's let's look at what the value is going to be to this. Which, again, if we're talking about the assets that Piff is contributing towards the new co, like Live is a liability in that. Like, I I don't understand what you you're going to end up forking up more money if that's what the asset is that you're bringing to the table, or you can just kind of shutter it and say, all right, well that's not going on anymore. You know, here's what we're bringing with the Ramco Team Series and and, blah, blah, and Golf Saudi and all this. Here are our assets. Now we'll fill in the rest of our our stake in this with cash. That's what you really want, and we're going to get our seat at the table. Seems much. Like if we're talking about a reconciliation process of this, which is a bunch of the stuff that neat sounds not very far along, and it took several days before we finally heard. Yeah, PJ Tour guys that were loyal are going to get equity out of this deal. It was like, whoa, okay, well that felt like something that was not very clearly communicated earlier in the week and feels like you're just tacking that on but it does not if we're talking about a path to reconciliation between all of this i don't understand why having the two still run concurrently when the ceo flat out says he doesn't see how that that happens i don't understand how live continues to exist despite 
uh, people out there thinking that Yasser controls everything because he's the chairman of the of the new co. I also think it's a very smart decision to keep it going like as is now because you know if this deal falls apart or something not only has jay and the pj tour like completely shown their ass on like oh no we totally reversed course without telling you guys we took all the money that we told you guys not to take yada 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 like if this thing does totally fall apart and you know something happens with investigation something happens with legal proceedings something happens with antitrust stuff like if you have live still stood up and you have you know this coffer of five billion dollars like man it's hard like i've said a lot of stuff about people going to live and you know how I, you know how i feel about that be i don't think i'd blame anybody for really taking the money at that point when it's like man my commissioner essentially like whether he's trying to do the right thing or not went about this totally the wrong way at and, every step <laughs> yeah and now there's what 200 million dollars on the table for me to go join this league like cool i'm gonna do it except for rory so one of the things that i thought was interesting it was a little detail and thing that uh i think it was the sports illustrated thing that Yasser basically offered to drop the lawsuits even if they didn't come to an agreement, that it was sort of just the fact that they were kind of meeting and talking was part of part of it. Obviously, the dropping of the lawsuits fully is sort of part of the, the framework. But, I mean, that has to be, like, I, I guess, let's say this doesn't work, that the Justice Department sort of knocks it out or they can't quite agree on the structure going forward. Do the lawsuits pick back up? Like, I, I kept thinking to myself... I bet Phil's pissed uh, about some of this because, like, his stuff with the lawsuits was kind of the biggest animus oh, driving a lot of this. Lately. He said it was well, a great was, day for golf. That's what he said. I, that seemed to me to be like the the mask where you're like tweeting through your tears, like you're smiling <laughs> with the mask on. Like, I, I think you know Phil's sort of whole claim of like you're going to see what's going to come out. Like he, you know, he was determined that that was going to expose Jay Monahan as a you know being involved in collusion. Like now that this has happened, like none of that in theory goes forward. I, I can't imagine that some of these live guys who've taken this personally are thrilled about that aspect of it. Like, not only are there is their future of their league in doubt, but now they can't potentially expose all this hypocrisy that they've been talking about, all this collusion that they've been talking about. I, I they, really quick, Randy. Could. I was going to say I, I won't. The only thing I won't join you on is is the saying that the, none of the collusion stuff will come out. Like, I think there's some bodies buried at the PGA Tour level that Phil probably is right about. He was just dead wrong on like 90 other things. But go ahead, Randy. Sorry. Well, I, I just I, I wanted to make the point like if if the PIF has to fully divest live and live is still a standalone entity and they take new money, there's nothing to stop them from relitigating against the tour. I my understanding is this is a closure of the, the litigation as long as PIF is in control of live. I think that's right. But I also would be pessimistic that like like what new money is going to pop in to fund that i mean the, the, again like all that money like we started with like irrational money well, it depends though Deej, it depends i mean you have some of the best golfers in the world and that's where i just get back to we don't know enough i don't think we know enough yeah. to you know I, I we we don't know what kind of sanctions proposed sanctions are going to be against these live guys to potentially come back to the pga tour we don't know if if PIF divest live how that how they handle the the money that is potentially owed these live guys. You know if if they have to pay off a lot of that contract and somebody gets a golf league that hey we have a bunch of star players. 
you know, you're not forking over the money to attract that talent, which yeah. I think is where a lot of that uh, upfront capital went. Um, I don't know. I can see a lot of, I, I, I just get back to like there, we just don't freaking know. And that just brings me back to why, why did this news break when it did? Can you imagine another major sports league rolling out such a seemingly half-baked, uh, nebulous, vague agreement with such import on the future of their game? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Something does stink. Something smells. Something's not adding up. Again, I, I keep falling back on, like, everyone we've talked to from any kind of legal standpoint. Reading Matt Stoller's newsletter this week of just, like, very clearly outlining that it doesn't even come close to passing any antitrust considerations. I hate wading into that stuff because I'm not a lawyer and I don't understand how to, how, you know, Ed Hurley and Jimmy Dunn are not idiots. They know how to do mergers and acquisitions. Like I have to imagine that there is huge antitrust considerations that have gone into this. I just can't explain why this isn't an enormous antitrust violation, especially when the commissioner goes on television and says out loud, we are taking a competitor off the board with this move and making them a partner. That does not seem like the right thing to say. Like this, It's just a, a, a peek behind the curtain of this comedy of errors that has led us to this point that makes me say, like, I think we're on like the 30-yard line with 70 yards to go optimistically on all of this. I mean, we're talking about hasn't gone to the players yet for support. Uh, there's a board vote, I believe, coming on the 27th of June, if I have that right. And about, about what? There's no <laughs> details. <laughs> like, what are you voting? That take, the, that take the competitor off the board thing reminded me of that Trump thing where they said, do not congratulate at the top of his thing to like the president of the Ukraine or whatever. And the, and the first thing that President Trump said was, congratulations. <laughs> it's like someone had some talking points for Jay to read and it probably said in big letters like, do not say like we eliminated a competitor and he just stumbled right into it. Rolled it. You cannot imagine that that was like the, the way to sort of roll this thing out. Which to be clear, I think the act of all of this is is more of a problem than him saying it. It wasn't like DOJ people were like, hmm, I don't suspect anything. Right. Oh, now I suspect this. Oh, now that man, you said you it. almost pulled the world over. <laughs> right, right. Good, ready. But it's like, dude, you give them the silver bullet there. Like, Yep. Mr. Monahan, allow me to read back this this quote of yours. Uh, no, I think Solly, to your point about something stinks, um, that's that's where I find myself firmly. I I made a tweet to the effect of like I could squint my eyes and you could pretty much convince me of a dozen different scenarios. Like I that's I'm not confident in any of this. The thing I wonder. And maybe to set up a, a, a talking point here is, you know, it's been reported subsequent to Tuesday that the PGA Tour, um, their finances and specifically their their ongoing legal fees are an issue. And I just want to raise the question, one, it's probably convenient to blame it on the legal fees in, in fighting piff and live and I, I don't doubt that that's contributing to a problem but like how much does the pga tour make sense under this new elevated event structure and these massive payouts and these elevated purses and they're squeezing sponsors you know i don't think there are a ton of sponsors knocking at the door to get into the game of pga tour golf at 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 the values that they'd have to 
I, I think that's exactly right. And that was the part that like made me feel like I wasn't taking crazy pills for the last decade as new TV deals continue to, to yeah. skyrocket and these purses just continue to go up and up and up and up where I was like, I, I said it to you guys like as a joke on Slack today, but I was like, as the Canadian Open finished, I was like, man, that was that was awesome. I don't know if it was like three billion dollars worth of awesome, <laughs> but like it was cool. Like that was that was really cool. But like I don't know that like you know it makes sense to to dump three five billion dollars in, into this thing. And Randy, I'm so with you that it all it just has happened slowly over the last decade. But like the the engine for this cruise ship like just doesn't fucking make sense anymore, and it hasn't for a really long time. And I think that's that's kind of like the irrationality that we're fighting because it almost like. It, it almost got to the point where, you know, they were trying to almost like bluff their way through it is kind of how it looks yeah. looking back on it the last three years. Right. And that's where mm -hmm. I think, you know, to your point, like, why didn't this happen sooner? Why didn't they come to the table? It's like, dude, because they're calling the other side fucking terrorists. Like, that's that's the <laughs> like, that's how they've chosen to attack this. In, in fairness, I was. Too. Oh, sure. <laughs> and I, absolutely. Same. And that's what, like looking back on it now, it's like, oh, yeah, like I don't know if they just thought like this would go away. And yeah. I think what's interesting about like the legal fees, because I've seen a lot of stuff that's like, oh, you know, first of all, like legal fees shouldn't have been that high. Like that doesn't make sense. And then, you know, 40 million dollars like that doesn't seem all that crazy to like, you know, keep a sports league alive and all those things. And I, I think what you're looking at is like on the other side, on the live side, it's like. Yo, we're we're going up against a mountain that's five billion dollars tall, and like, why do we, you know, want to keep spending this money and keep, you know, trying to? Like, I think it was a, a accumulation of all of those things, and I feel like they were looking at the projection and just like, oh god, like we could keep trying to bluff our way through this through twenty twenty seven, and hopefully we don't lose Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm and all these guys. But like, why don't we just call it, stop the fight now? Sorry, Solly. Okay. Let me just say, which I don't want this point to be lost, which is insane. <laughs> yes, because yeah. why? Like, did they not game this out three or four years ago? Did they not know that the PIF had? Which, seemingly endless reserves like that's the part that just yeah. it it circles back to like incompetence I, I don't know what else it could be i think it's also wild i i can't believe i'm like throwing this lifeline but like imagine running the pj tour during covid also Dude. right like trying to like stand up all of those events and trying to figure like it was a very weak time i think to come in and disrupt the pj tour and and i think like credit to you know the people who, give it, who did it, it yeah him. correcting a previous tweet of mine but i mean you you do gotta hand it to him but wasn't there like some like venture capitalist money that they could i mean we've we've talked a lot about the pgl and stuff and how, how this isn't the only money that was available to pga tour there's had to be some other people who would be like dude we'll give you billions of dollars if you'll let us but, into but those people want to make money off that that money yeah. and like i i think if 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 so does got, saudi arabia though not off this though like they are they're talking about a 600 billion dollar fund that this small golf play is a is again a pawn in a global scheme to do this if out if apple or amazon comes in and invests in the pga tour it's not to whitewash an image or to have some big marketing expense it's because there it's going to return something right and anyone that came any private money that came in is still going to have to deal with dumb money on the other side that's willing to outspend you like no matter who that was like the saudis were not going to go away 
off of this golf thing because they barely tapped into what they had available for this. Look at how much they offered, just offered Messi, one dude, uh, and, and didn't ultimately end up getting him. So I think there's a bit of... It, 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 the the fact that this was not going to go away and this the only way to one get the players back that you lost and make the litigation go away and potentially create a marketable product in the future was for this reconciliation i don't i don't think like outside money without having cam smith dj brooks bryson all of the du- phil all the dudes that like contribute to making golf a lot more interesting i don't think that's a very good investment i would not advise making that investment i, I think it's different before before live exists right and that's what Mary, yeah. randy maybe that's some of to your point right is like Hey, we could have an irrational actor down the line. Like, what could we do to restructure? What could we do to fix these problems that, you know, the the mule issue of the PJ Tour, right? Which we have been talking about for a long time. Like, hey, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. And then once there's like an irrational actor in there, it, it kind of like is a catalyst and speeds all that stuff way up. But I don't think you're getting, you know, hey, man, here's a billion dollars. Like, go win the war. And, you know, kind of funding like a, a against an opponent or a, you know, an adversary that's like trying to just outspend you, like you said, Zoli. My my thing is with Piff specifically, like you, you back before all this, the tour was signing releases for guys to go play the Saudi International, you know, the, the DP World Tour, whatever the official, unofficial relationship was with Aramco. The late, like it wasn't like Saudi wasn't already in the game of golf. And so this is where it's it's hard for me to square the idea of like Jimmy Dunn. Well, you know what I'm going to do, guys? I'm going to call up Yasser and I'm going to ask what he wants. And people be like, holy shit, dude. We Why never think thought that? about that. <laughs> like if you that's, rewind. That's why you're the man, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> you think of these ideas that no yeah. one else can think of. <laughs> like if you rewind to 2018, 2019, and you start getting whiffs of some discontent, Obviously, with COVID, you know, you, you there's a need for capital. I just can't imagine at that point, like in in part of your strategic planning, like how did we not just ask Yasser what he wants? And if it's truly like, hey, I want I want to invest a lot of money alongside of you, how, like that's a deal you take in 2019. I just don't get how they couldn't have gone down this path in 2019, which then avoids all this bullshit that we've seen for the last two and a half, three years. I think that's, I think that's spot on. And I think like to, you know, the credit of the people who have said this, like that's been reported out there a bunch of times, right? That like, yo, Yasser came to the PJ tour and was just like, Hey, I got $2 billion and I want to spend it in golf. And they just like, didn't take the call. And I think looking back on that and I would not go back and listen to the podcast that we did around that time, but it's like, like I think it was just trying to kick the can on like PR stuff. Like I think trying to like everything is totally, totally fine. And now we're going to take $2 billion from like the Saudi Arabian government. I think they just didn't want, didn't want their name on that press release. I think that's yeah. all. I, I think that's all it is. Go back in time. Like Jamal Khashoggi happened, I think what October or September, 2018. And like going and selling a, 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 a tour with a reputation with a ton of corporate sponsorship as like the clean whitewashed class acts tour going around less than a year after that and like selling a huge part of your tour so, not essentially selling but 
you know, in a way, I'm using that word informally. I don't mean literally like a, maybe they, they would have come up with this for profit entity, whatever. That was a different circumstance, right? That There was no one like screaming, like you should take Saudi Arabian money. No, and totally let me, re- no, let me be very story. clear. It's not easy. It wouldn't have been easy, but I think the four of us could have sat down in a conference room over a day and potentially gamed out a situation where it's like, guys, I think we got to bite the bullet and take this money now because you look at what they're doing. They're doing the same thing now. Plus, they're all hypocritical as fuck. And it's like, if you couldn't game that out, again, what's the incompetence? I, 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 I don't know. I just really, really struggle with that. The, yeah, man. And this is the guy that's going to lead the new company. Like, if I was a player, I'd be like, why are you fit to lead this new company that uh, that 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 was my next question does jay Jay survive this is is jay the commissioner in a year or six months i i don't see how at this point now i mean none of this has gone well and i think like i i could understand not getting in bed with the saudis because like i i again i don't think that offer comes in at you know again going back to like what the position of strength the tour is actually in now it's like hey Yasser's got to sit for a fucking disposition, a deposition that he's not going to do. Like the Saudis are never going to let that happen because they have way different motives in all of this. Right. So now you are, you, you're going to win off of that. And again, like I said, the, the ruling in the UK is, is contributing to whatever deal the tour got now being stronger than maybe it would have been four years ago. I don't know what they would have got. I, I, that's, it's a hard thing to game out because it's not like it, that money, you know, came in with no strings attached to it. In any way, not that this money comes in with no strings attached, but it's just a diff. It's a totally different. Comes with a different set of worries that uh, I'm not smart enough to fully understand, and I don't know if we ever will. Did this? Did any of this go well? Are we in a? Is anyone in the game? Like any golf fans in the game in a good spot from this? Absolutely fucking not. It's a total nightmare. It's a disaster. But like Randy, this is kind of. I was listening to you and DJ talk on Wednesday. I greatly enjoyed listening to it, and I was just a little surprised to like not hear any acknowledgement of like where this problem came from, where the Saudi power came from. And it's everyone that took their cash to play in their events and on their tours. Like Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, Cameron Smith, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, Joaquin Neiman, Mark Leishman, Henrik Stenson, Charles Howe. Every time a person took their money, it enabled them to have more power and they accumulated enough power. And in reality, just took enough power away from the PGA Tour that they could afford to get to a spot where they could sit there and starve them out over five years of legal cases. And it was two sides running towards a cliff, but one of the sides could just build up, build another extension out onto the cliff, and the other one couldn't. And the tour caved, and it sucks ass for the Roms and JTs and Rory's and Speeds and Scotty. But and I'm Justin not, Hadley. I'm not just like. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not just talking because they didn't like enrich themselves. Is that like they stood for something in all of this in the face of like the Saudis attempt to like bribe their way into golf and at least like ultimately semi ruin professional golf. And if, if any of those players I named earlier, like had a spine professional golf would have been able to stave this off, but it's like the individual decisions, huh. including the 11 of them that sign up to sue the fucking PGA tour on their way out like that has led us to where we are today. Like all of us, including golf fans are now forced to like, if you want to watch men's professional golf, you have to help the Saudis like sports wash their image now. And like, dude, I don't know what the tours play was to counteract that other, like counteract that other than the individual decisions of people leaving, contributing to all of this. 
Of, of course that plays a role. You, you're going to get me fired up here, though. But we, we, why, we can't hold – I think it's patently unfair to hold individual golfers to a higher standard than we would any other American company and, hell, our, our own American government. Like, like to say these guys for taking ridiculous sums of money uh, eroded the power of the PGA Tour, I, I would say yes, exactly. And I think some of them, that's exactly what they wanted to do because they saw an organization that was probably bloated, that had terrible you know, communication with its players that they couldn't really peek under the hood and see the finances of. And it was like, if if we can't, and this is always crazy to me, like how a quote unquote player run organization can't like swiftly act or um, adjust to the to the wills of the players. But if if they saw like, hey, there's nothing for me to do within the PGA Tour, I have to shake it up from the outside. Now, is this like a, a completely honorable thing? Like at the end of the day, it's just about getting more money to play pro golf, which let me be clear, I don't give a shit about like that's I, I don't care. But I do under I, I can't understand why some of these guys would choose to take the money. One, because it's a lot of money. And as we have just seen with the PGA Tour, they have no problem taking a lot of money. And, and two, it's like I, with the amount of of investment into, you know, American companies with our government doing business with Saudi Arabia, I just cannot hold individuals to a higher standard than we would corporations and our own government. And to that, I, I would say there's a strong, strong difference in the government on behalf of its people doing business, uh, oil trading, arms trading, all of the stuff like the, the, these golfers are not doing any kind of on any kind of dip, diplomatic mission when signing up to do PR work for the Saudi Arabians like that. That's a huge difference to me. And I know that I don't conflate the two things the same as a, a public investment in Uber or anything that the Saudis you know have business with or, or any of the companies that sponsor the PGA Tour that the Saudis have business with is way different than like Patrick Reed going in, in the Saudi schools and like what, helping whitewash that image. For me, that's way different. And I know that's not the same belief that a, a lot of people hold. Yeah, I would, uh, Patrick Reed's probably doing more than like Lockheed Martin and Raytheon and whatever other <laughs> American truck. Like, you know, I'm serious, right? Like I, at yeah. least there's probably some. It, it could be total, you know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It could be totally insincere and and just to fulfill a contract. But like shit, it's not nothing. Uh, yeah, it's a lot there. Uh, <laughs> I'm I think, sorry. No, it's great. I I, uh, I you, come didn't, down you didn't address the suing, like going back and suing the that, folks. That and, was gonna be one of the things I was gonna say. Is Randy? I'm I'm with you on a lot of the stuff. Uh, Solly, I'm with you on the suing. I think, Randy, you say this all the time, uh, difficult difficult decisions are difficult. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at with with someone like Rory, right? Is where it becomes like, man, Rory, you you did what I, I would hope that I would do if I was in your position. And you saw something that you didn't want to do and you knew it was going to cost you a lot of money and you didn't do it. And like, that's great. And you know, I'm, I'm happy to see that, but I also think it's tough Randy. And this gets kind of back to your, like, maybe we should have looked around the corner situation is Solly, as you're spelling it out, I'm like, Oh, so like the only defense against this was like hoping that all the tour players would sing Kumbaya and say like, please don't pay us hundreds of millions of dollars more 
And like, yeah, that that ain't going to happen probably. So I, I like on a macro level, it's like we got no chance of that. But on a micro level, it's like, you know, some guys made the decision for themselves. And I, I guess I that's worth uh, celebrating to a little bit. I don't know how you counter the, the Saudis willing to pay tens of millions of dollars for like Ian Poulter and, and Sergio Garcia in their 40s, though. Like, I don't know what the tours move other than like, again, if we're saying that's what if, I'm saying, yeah. it, it was over before it started. Yeah. If, if if that's your defense, it's like, oh, you're fucking dead. You have no chance, which yeah. to Randy's point is like, well, someone uh, someone should have been a little more cynical in the room uh, to, to I, I realize that. Yeah, guys, let's fast forward to the end game here. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, we got a lot fuck, still to get fuck to this. Everybody. Uh, yeah. Fuck everybody. That's what I fuck everybody except, I mean, that's, except for that's Athletic Greens. Because uh, I take AG1 <laughs> yeah. by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave it a try because I wanted some better gut health and wanted an energy boost. I take it in the morning before starting my day. It makes me feel ready to go, ready to fire off takes at Big Randy and getting spirited debates with him. It makes <laughs> me feel like I'm doing something good for my body, like I'm giving it, giving my body the nutrition it craves. It's comprehensive health. And the power of habit in, in one. AG1 empowers the gut for whole body health. AG1 is so much more than a greens powder. It's all of your key health products in one. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. Just one small scoop of AG1 with 12 ounces of water in the morning. Drink it first thing. Costs like three bucks a day. It's incredible. It really is an effective daily habit with the highest quality sourced ingredients. And if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens has given you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash NLU. That's athleticgreens.com slash NLU. Check it out. Guys, uh, sorry, a little bit of levity here before we dive mm. back into the the more pressing issues. You Jessica always Hadwin, so seriously. Jessica Hadwin has <laughs> issued the following statement on Twitter. Sorry to leave you all hanging. Had to get the toddler ready for bed. I'm thrilled to report that Adam Hadwin is still among the land of the living and in true Canadian form, apologized to the security guard for being <laughs> Well, well played, uh, both Adam and Jessica. <laughs> that is well played, KV. You sound like you had some reaction to uh, what we were discussing there. No, I'm, I'm. Look, I think the the best uh, thing that you've said in all this is like we're really early in this, and nobody has any fucking idea like what the actual structured agreement is going to look like. I really feel just getting back to the point of like, okay, the, the tour is probably not giving up control of their tour. Uh, but is that always going to be the case? I think that that five years from now, like, you know, I was talking to somebody today and they were like, you know what? Like, yes, they have the majority of the board seats, but like, how is the sort of voting shares versus ownership shares going to be structured in the deal? And what happens when you manage to flip one of those board people and you're the chairman you're saying, you know what? Like you have a fiduciary duty to sort of, uh, you know, your shareholders. So you should really vote with me on this. You shouldn't sort of have your allegiance to this old ass tour. That's been, you know, kind of behind the times on a lot of different things. And so, I mean, look, you, you're telling me if you're from Jimmy's perspective, like Ed's perspective, I don't think there's any scenario in which they like from what I think is a, a position of some strength and some weaknesses certainly gave away control of the tour. But I also don't think that they can see that far into the future and thinking like, eh, you know what, like you might have to have in the way of the tour in 2033. But can I flip that in terms of 
for the short term, if like let's say we like we kind of all agree here that if you get once they get to the end of the year, they take the very honest and true and hard look at live and say, look, look, maybe this isn't the best return on our money. We're going to shutter this. Then you have if you get through the pro, if in the short term, if with the control of the board, you can get rid of live and come up with the structure that everyone's going to agree to and to give equity to the PGA tour players and to properly issue the sanctions or the punishment, whatever that's going to be, maybe the live guys are not eligible for the pip uh, or whatever that's going to be to kind of level the scales between the players. If you get that through in the short term, what are you worried about? Whatever the flip is in the long term, like are you worried about this original cast of live characters that left that are now four, five, six, maybe 10 years older breaking off again? Or are you worried about uh, what are you worried about at that point? Right. If you've reunified all of the players, got them back together, gotten the guys rewarded and and you now have one ent- uh, one tour entity and Yasser has what he wants out of it. What do what 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 do you lose in the future? Yeah, maybe you, uh, you know, maybe the Saudis want to do something totally different in pro golf at that point. But I, I don't un- as I understand the structure of this, I would be stunned if that was even a possibility. So one of the things that I'm worried about, though, is that it's all based on funny money. All right. So we're not really getting return on the investment by paying these players way more than they're fucking worth. All right. So that that's just the facts in that, like every other sport has to base. And I wrote about this in my column. Every other sport has to base like how they pay their players based on the revenues that are coming yep. in and the losses that they sort of result from that. This is not that. So, yes, like Saudi Arabia has a lot of money. The price of oil is like way down. They're no longer have the control through, you know, with OPEC that they once did in terms of being able to ma- manipulate the oil market is forever they're going to like, let's say the expectation is now like, well, Rory deserves $200 million and we're going to sort of pay him that because it's available to us right now. The whole point of this whole exercise is to diversify Saudi Arabia's economy away from oil. So what's happened in 2033 when we're past 2030 vision fund here and the, what the whole deal was supposed to be. And Ludwig Aberg is like, well, where's my 300 million? And they're like, you know what? Like, we don't really have that money anymore because oil prices continue to fall. We diversified our economy and you're kind of fucked. You know, you're, you're, this, this is, you're putting yourself down a path that I don't think is sustainable in any way. That, and look, unless you're going to tell me golf is going to start generating interest and money that it hasn't over the last 20 years with Tiger Woods came through, I just don't see that being a long-term viable plan. And I want to... Uh, this is a part that's still confusing to me and it's definitely going to be confusing to other people. But it's again worth acknowledging like the the PGA Tour, the 501c6 is what it is going to continue as is with corporate sponsorship as is, and the PIF is making an investment in this new code, this investment arm in this, which I believe is what Jimmy is referring to when he tells Sports Illustrated that players will have the opportunity to have the PGA Tour's equity side in that. Right, that is a different thing than I also, from what I've gathered, they think there's a strong possibility that the a Ramco or whatever, whatever like the corporate sponsor that has been out. A Ramco has sponsored the Ramco Team Series F1 races. That is the; those are the dollars that are going to flow down to the corporate level and the tournament sponsorship distribution level. Like in the same way we see Optum out there, we're going to see a Ramco or whatever the PIF representation is that is going to be, which is different than the play of the investing in the investment arm of the new company. Is I can't. 
it doesn't like fully make sense to me, but the two are still separate things in my mind. It's not like this $2 billion or whatever that we keep throwing out that number that's going to get invested in is straight going to get distributed straight to players through purses. Like, I don't think it's that simple. I don't know if I can explain it, how it actually works, but I don't think it's simple. But no, purses are, so let's say purses are already an unsustainable amount, right? That that's part of the whole thing that the tour probably leaked to the journal, which is like, we dipped into some of our reserves, the legal funds, and the purses that we promised we can't meet those obligations anymore. So now we're bringing in money that isn't actually have to have a return on that investment from the Saudis. Like, I just, I feel like at some point you reach the, you go down the road to this. And what if the Saudis are like, yo, like we're running out of oil. Like we can't do it all of a sudden. And so it's like, well, where's my $25 million pip this year? Like the expectations of these players is a little bit to me absurd because they're just, they're not generating this money. That's why I think it's untethered to reality is that NFL rev like salaries are based on the fact that the NFL is a billion dollar moneymaker golf salaries in this, in this going forward in terms of what they rewarded for tournaments are not going to be based on reality. I think, I think though it, let's say in that scenario, like the Saudi funding dries up, then we just get back to what it was normally in theory. Right. I mean, that it's going to get back to like dollars and cents, like starting to make sense again. And that that's where I'm kind of at, too, is like it, all these dollars are like buying equity into a like company. Right. Like it's not just like it, it's not just like continual fire hose of money. Exactly. And that, it's not lighting on a fire. It's an investment more than like paying Phil Mickelson two hundred million dollars. And that's where I'm at. KVV is like it can't really be said enough is like when the money was irrational, it was for like irrational purposes. And as soon as it becomes like for rational purposes, it seems like it's going to be rational amounts. And, that's, and the live money they lit on fire was to get yeah, the opportunity for this investment. Exactly. And that's like well, then for, they're taking all the arrows in public and doing all the things yeah. that Randy's clearly dying to go do. Well, then but all the, the, <laughs> the Chess and Hadleys of the world who want to be made whole are just going to have to. They're not getting that in the end. And they, they're going to have to realize that. Like, it's not the Chess and Hadleys, obviously, but like John Rahm is not ever going to be made Hole for having stick stuck with the I think I they're gonna. That. I think I th- they think that he will. I think they think that he will, and they have to continue to tell him that he will. But like, I, I'm with you that like, I don't know how that works unless like this thing is so wildly successful. Which brings me back to the point, Randy, you and I were talking about <laughs> is like, man, oh, oh, what there, there was just like so much headroom on the like super niche game of golf that you know, as I said the other day, from the minds of. The, you know, the from the people who brought you the FedEx Cup and the Fireballs comes like <laughs> this product that just is going to take the world by storm. Like I, I don't think that's going to happen. But that's such a good point. That just needs to be that's that that underline that underline that. <laughs> but I think what's so funny is like again, if we if we bring up Randy's boy Phil, tough time to say it, tough wording to say it. But he was very much like, yo, this is a once in a lifetime thing. And and I think that's what he meant was like, no, 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 no. Like this is going to be like for a very short window. It's about to be like a complete fucking cash machine. Like get in the money booth, grab as many dollar bills as you can. <laughs> and in 60 seconds, we're going to turn it off and you get what you get. And and I think that's probably that what was happened. right. Yeah, that was right. Yeah. Totally. Phil was right about some things. Phil was right about I, a lot of things, man. He he was a like complete chode in how he he did it. For sure. He was wrong about a lot of things, but he was definitely right about a lot of things. A, a lot of things that weren't like hard to to, you know, like the, the stars were subsi- uh, subsidizing the rest of the tour. We all knew that. 
he was way off on like the tour, just hiding fraudulently hiding a bunch of money for them and having twenty billion dollars in unsold NFTs. Which again, uh, T- uh, TC pointed that out today too on Slack. But just shout out to all those people who thought the tour was hiding all this money because uh, yeah. apparently, uh, apparently that ain't the case because they just I don't know. They never took. put the NFTs up for sale. I mean, the, maybe they could have if they had jumped on that and then the market was hot. Like Logan Paul might have bought one. Like uh, you never know. He was also right about the Saudis being scary motherfuckers that throw gay people off buildings when he said that he was right about that part so you can't you do got to give it to him uh quote you got him to him on that one but i guess the part that i'm like pre-mad about is we're going to get into this cycle where um like phil taking 200 million dollars leaving uh you know cooperating with the department of justice in an antitrust suit against the pj tour and starting a lawsuit called mickelson et al uh all while you know glad handing all the Saudis and and, and doing all that is going to get lumped in the same bucket as like, Oh, well, Rory's playing for it. Now those two are the same thing. This, this totally real equivalence is the same thing. It's a hundred percent of where we're headed in all of this dumbass shit. And it is going to, it's, uh, that's the part where like, dude, if I'm like max or JT or even the guys that have been like way less vocal about this, it's kind of like, all right, man, like you play for the Saudi money now or you retire. And like, that's kind of what the decision's been forced upon or you. Or Japan tour, as Katmer said. You yeah. can play in the Japan tour. <laughs> and that's the part that's like, it. It if it, if it gets to the point where, and look, everyone's got their kind of dividing line on where this all goes. But one thing I've appreciated about when, that, when Formula One goes to Saudi Arabia, like Lewis Hamilton stands up and says like, this is bullshit. We shouldn't be here. And the, the human rights record's horrible. And like he, the money he gets from this does not buy off his statements. And the money the live guys have gotten have totally bought off their statements where they've tried to, like Bryson's on CNN trying to fucking explain 9-11 now. And now Monaghan's on TV trying to explain 9-11 as this deal goes to close. But like if Rory can still stand up and say like, hey, this, this country's human rights record is terrible. And yes, I do play on a tour that is funded by it, but they've not bought my opinion on that. That still feels different to me than totally selling your word and your uh, your morals out uh, for a, a foreign country. Who thought it was a good idea to put Bryson on CNN? That was fucking. You think Bryson incredible. thought that was Talk a good idea? Talk about bad comms. You think Bryson just texted? I think their CNN booker? thought that was a good idea, which was correct. <laughs> and I think Bryson thought that was a good idea. How about uh, him saying that he feels bad for the tour players that were told one thing, and uh, you know we were told one thing, and it came exactly true. Like no, at no point was the live thing to be like, yep, halfway through our second season, we're gonna totally flip and and merge yeah. with the PGA Tour here. No, this was not what you guys were told. You guys got sold out, and and if it uh, was, hats off. But uh, I certainly didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I yeah, fuck man. What where do you guys think we're going? Like, let me just paint you a picture here of the twenty twenty six. A Ramco LA Open at Riviera. What what do you, what do you guys think your relationship to week to week pro golf is? Has anyone publicly talked about what these golf events are going to look like? I, I haven't heard one fucking thing. I mean, no. no so first of no all, details about anything. They don't know. That's the, the whole thing. As, the, as best I've heard, as of right now. And of of course, this is going to be like a ten year shift, right? Yes. Like, which is also fucking cool. Is that it? Just feels like we're going to be like in transition for ten more years. But uh, as of right now, it's like no, the twenty four schedule is the twenty four schedule, and we're doing designated events. We're doing you know kind of the the whatever the fuck we want to call them regular events, not designated events, like the the mini you know mini runs of those events into designated events into mule runs mule runs (laughs) yeah we're doing mule runs that lead into you know the the big events and 
like by all accounts, things are staying the same for the most part. And again, if we go back to those live scenarios, like who the fuck knows, something might totally change. But as of right now, with the information we have, like that's what it sounds like is that it, it basically just becomes like the PJ tour with, you know, probably the majority of those guys coming back to it and, you know, probably some new sponsors and probably a lot more like money up front with a big one big like cash infusion that gets used to your points Ollie, for more like investment stuff and probably like you know off off the course stuff as much as it is like purses i don't think we've done that enough justice because again the details are so scant right now but i this new this profit for profit entity is not the golf tournaments right yeah. it is something that's i i think truly just like an investment arm that but players that, yeah. are gonna have in theory, if it all goes perfectly, have an equity stake in. But again, like that makes no sense to me because like how how are you coming to this like ten billion dollar thing that oh no 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 it has nothing to do with like the product. No, 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 totally. This is like a totally separate thing. You, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like I do. I, but that's I think where I'm just like starting yeah. my brain starting to like separate and liquefy. But I think that's what you you I, again, I, I would love somebody to define what this means, but like the commercial interests of the PGA Tour are transferred and owned by this entity, right? I just, I need that part explained to me, like sure. what that is, but the tournaments are not run by the for-profit entity. It's still confusing as shit, but I just think that like, um, it, it, like I think, again, the example I used was like, I think there is going to be PIF money through a Ramco or whatever it is that comes to the PGA Tour and there's PIF investment that goes into the new company. And they're two, same thing, but they're two separate funnels. Do, do you think, uh, maybe this is just hitting me, but <laughs> Who the fuck does? do you think the fact that we can't even fucking explain it uh, <laughs> maybe like leads you to believe that golf might just be like a little too complicated as it's currently set up? You know it's what broken. I mean? It's like, and, and that's what it keeps coming back to. Like, Kev, we were talking about it earlier. Is like, how do you keep, you know, I use my cruise ship analogy. Like the cruise ship has just gotten so big and the engine has essentially like stayed the same. And you're trying to run this giant cruise ship without owning the Masters, the US Open, the PJ Championship, the Open Championship, and the Ryder Cup. Although maybe you own half the Ryder Cup now. Who the fuck knows what's going on with that? Uh, but like, I don't get how, I don't get how you just continue to like, make these guys 95% of their money without taking advantage of any of the biggest events and the events that people care about. It just makes like, how much longer can that keep going? I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah. I, I, the big thing that was popping in my head was what are they going to try to buy if this sort of goes through, if it's all rolled up into one and it's like a monopoly and we have all this money in flux of like, keep joking about, does the tour want to buy Pebble beach? If they do, please redesign part of it. And it would be better. <laughs> Spin the greens. Uh, but like, what if they try to buy, I don't know, the RNA? Like, is the RNA, is it possible to buy the RNA? I don't know. Like, it's, <laughs> it, does it seem, is it possible to buy the USGA? I have no idea. These are things that are way beyond like my yeah. expertise, but I, why would they not try? Like, if you're telling me like, oh, we own the day-to-day -day operations of golf, but not something that actually people give a shit about. Well, fuck, then let's try to buy this or whatever. I don't think there's any scenario where they could buy the masters, but. I don't know. Never say never. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, what if they buy an OEM? Like, yeah. Go ahead, Randy. What if they buy a Titleist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we're really owed by the PGA Tour. <laughs> what if we buy this podcast, huh? Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. No, DJ, to, to your point, I was just going to say, kind of circling back, um, 
I, it's gonna i'll stand up for mickelson a little bit like all of that that you just said about the tour and like this doesn't make sense and how is this this sustainable imagine if you felt that way as as a member of the pga tour and simultaneously felt completely helpless to affect any change on that organization I would push back on that just a little bit and like probably one or two other ways that he could have explored. <laughs> Do you he think could he have thought representation? What, you, you think uh, he got it? You leadership. think he, he put a fucking bulletin board in the locker room and said, Hey guys, I got some thoughts. I'd love to get together and chat about yeah. this. Like, I think it wasn't. Well, he, also, I need money really fucking fast. Wasn't he on the, <laughs> what, wasn't he on the there is that. There is that. Wasn't well, but what does the pack like, do? Eight, well, he's what on the, the pack p- like 18 years ago or something like that, wasn't he? He could have arranged a, a Delaware meeting with Tiger. If he if he and Tiger had played nice and been like, we're going to use our combined leverage to sort of get more money or whatever. Yeah, I, I just I, – I'm, I'm, I think you're totally right until you get to the point of like he just had exhausted all other options. Like this was all he could do. Again, I like all this stuff. I can squint my eyes and see a lot of different things. Sure. I think it comes down to – where maybe some listeners have mistaken my loyalty for the PGA tour to just be like, dude, like you, you guys had an agreement. Like when you are a member of the PGA tour, you, you all agree to donate your, that contribute your rights to this tour. Like that's where the money comes from. Like I've told Max this, like Max without the PGA, like without the PGA tour or a league to display your talents, your talent's not worth anything. Like you can go be Mo Norman and go host like corporate functions and show off your talent, but the your the most value might be what Rory might be Rory doing <laughs> from you beating like other top players and like them selling the market around that, and that is kind of the whole deal of how the tour works. And you have an agreement to say like, dude, you're not going to go play competing events, you're not going to play North American events, blah blah blah, and that's like that middle finger towards all the people that were left behind is where it's like really a struggle. To like Phil lining his own pockets along the, is the reason this happened. If there's no two hundred million dollars, Phil doesn't do this to reshape professional golf. Like there's none of that. It's totally, yeah. totally self indulgent. But we see that in every sport. You know, we like golfers want to be just like other pro athletes. That's we see that from the player side and the owner side in I every sports, other sport. other sports. Though with the collective bargaining, they they make sacrifices for each other. They're they're very much like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and those people. There are. They could command more money if they if there was no union. LeBron James could be paid infinite amounts of money if they were not like, all right, the collective good of like dragging this twelve man towards us is is good for all of us. And and like LeBron has been part of the labor negotiation. Let's well, that's where I don't think the players they're independent contractors. They they don't. I know. I'm saying they don't necessarily. If they, if they had wanted, to, look, they can't unionize on a nonprofit, or whatever. But like, if at some point in the world, if they if they had decided to bust when Jack and Arnie had decided to bust away, they could have had a. Uh, like organized labor they could have decided we're our collective we're going to do good for the sort of you know lower sure. level kind of touring tour pros like i, I don't necessarily agree with well that. i i'm just saying you're i'm an independent contractor like what kvv what do i care about yeah. your individual media rights well you're some but that's what you've agreed to as you're an independent contractor in name but you're a member of the pga tour yeah. you have given your media rights to the pga tour right the well, I, my point was we see i don't know what's a good example some player who has a contract agreement lamar jackson has a contract agreement with the the baltimore ravens who all of a sudden i don't feel i'm worth that i'm going to hold out until we can come to the table and agree to a new contract that's my point 
I'm saying that every time there's a collective bargaining agreement thing in the in the NFL, like all those guys could be like, you know what, fuck the union, like we'll just go across the picket line, we'll play as independent contractors from now going forward. And they don't do that. They decide, look, collectively we're we're better off together. And golf has has there's no chance that would ever happen in golf. I just I don't know. Maybe we're talking past each other and making points that are totally disconnected from each other. But I think I, I just don't see the. Uh, look, they have an opportunity to be sort of selfless for the good of the game. I think it's a stupid saying, but I think like in other sports, they do sort of grasp like, all right, like our league is healthier in the long run if we're sort of working together towards some larger goal instead of every man being out for himself. I think, Solly, to to your point, I, I feel like we're uh, we would be talking out of both sides of our mouth a little bit, too, if we were to say like, man, this is the logical conclusion. How did they not reach it sooner? And also like, why didn't Phil just squash this and you know what i mean like eventually there was going to be if it wasn't phil there was going to be a powder keg that kicked this thing off to to get it going which i think is probably maybe some of randy's point right is like and if you don't want to be that person like that's great and rory like you don't have to be that person and he probably sleeps a lot better than phil does to be honest and uh but I, I, I think it was going to happen eventually, right? And so I think Phil probably dumb, saw it as like dumb money came along. Yeah, if like stupid, stupid money came along was the only way. Like Phil doesn't go do this for like the same amount of money he would have made on the PGA Tour. Right? There's no way. Like yeah. it was all about the huge ass payday that was go- that went along. Bryson said that part out loud on CNN. Like, oh yeah, yeah we were compensated for this for taking the risk. Like yeah. that's 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 what we were compensated for. I'm still convinced Phil didn't really want to do this. That he was, it was the fact that he used the word leverage in that Shipnuck uh, quote. He was really trying to walk it up right to the line, get as much sort of as he could from the tour. He's going to back away. And then once the quotes came out, he, I think he didn't understand how book excerpts work out. <laughs> the smartest man in the room. Once that book excerpt dropped, he thought he was going to walk it back before the actual book came back and be like, yeah, look what I was doing. I was playing both sides. So I was come out ahead. He was like, all right, well, now I got to go. And then part of his anger was like, well, fuck you guys. Like, I was trying to do this for all you. I was trying to basically bend the suits over to get us paid. I don't think that was really true, but I think I I really, that's my deep down theory is that Phil didn't really actually want to leave. We have have talked a lot on this show tonight, uh, basically as if this deal is going to go through after starting it with like, yo, this doesn't look like it's going to go through for a a lot of different reasons. Can you, you guys want to help me game out what happens if it doesn't go through? either by the players shooting it down or by the Department of Justice shooting it down or FTC. I don't even know how that works, but it's, it doesn't seem great. Certainly, of course, with that, you know, with, with that preface on all of my comments as well, I have no idea how this is going to go. I think that it's interesting, like I said an hour ago, from the, you know, live perspective is like, man, if it falls apart now, how is Yasser not feeling like it's, oh, win-win for me, man. I, I don't for I sure. don't care. If it goes ahead, it's awesome. Then I get what I wanted and what I kind of, start, you know, was aiming for at the start of this deal. And if it doesn't go through, then, like, my league just got supercharged because all these guys hate their commissioner. <laughs> Which I sure. will say, the one thing with Yasser, I think we're we're quick to assume he's automatically telling the truth to one side and not the other. Yeah. And he absolutely could be telling the truth all the way to Jimmy and Jay and all of these guys. But if 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 we do believe he's cold enough to essentially stab all the live players and employees in the back, I'm not putting him past him for him to <laughs> to stab the PGA and and some some big hitters on the other side as well. I, I just want to insert that. The, the only thing I would push back on just a, a hair on that would be like, I think 
people who are coming to this think that all he does is like run Saudi golf. Like this is such a small part of what he does. (laughs) And so what I don't think he wants to do is like, you know, we just mentioned like, Hey, Jay has the ear of all the top CEOs in, you know, the country certainly and a lot of them around the world and blah 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 the last thing he wants to do is just be like man i totally knifed this this monahan guy so i could get the cliques like a better bargaining position going into the 2024 season <laughs> like I, I don't think that like he's not a fucking like super villain like i don't think that's the the goal i think the goal is to like do better business and i think what does a lot better business is knifing martin keimer <laughs> than it is knifing like the pj tour board <laughs> And all of their corporate sponsors. Just yeah. to point out, overseeing Aramco is is way more important job. Yeah, sorry, that, that's what his main job is. To, obviously, overseeing sure. the PIF, but like being the president, CEO of Aramco. And, yeah, and I think the, I think I agree with that, Deej. But I, I do want to say I, I'm not willing to say that a hundred percent. Yeah, and I think that's fair. But I, yeah, I guess just to to put a finer point on that, KBV. I mean, at least based on my understanding, it's like all the what about uber what about boeing what about you know f1 what like that's what yasser's doing too like he he's at the top of all of those things and so based on like jeff ogilvy said this on the uh the fire pit pod that he did with with alan chipnuck it's like it's like man yeah you kind of go talk to like the f1 people about how the investment's going and they're like it's pretty great like we you know they they fund what we're doing and they kind of stay out of the way of the operations and blah 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 and it's like it, that's probably certainly what the PJ Tour is hoping for, right? And if that's the case, then I, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't like be what they're how, looking for. How much more sense does that make than like, oh, Saudi Arabia is starting their own 14 event race car series, uh, you know, with, you know, with some of the best drivers, but not as much. And they're just blowing money on it. And no one's sponsoring it. And no one's watching it. Or like, hey, you can be a part of like a pretty decent sized part of like the biggest. Uh, you know, racing circuit in the world. I assume Formula One is. Uh, which one of those sounds like a win for more people? Like now, flip that back over to golf. Like a ten thousand, fifty thousand foot view of all this. What makes more sense for like the PIF to want to be involved in one big global tour that like this will eventually start looking like a, a speck on the you know on the timeline, or to like fight it uh, tooth and nail forever and have all the bad PR around your league that you're gonna have, probably have forever. Uh, if you continue to just go your separate ways, which one makes more sense if you're Yasser? I think the part that I keep wrestling with is, so if you read a lot about Saudi Arabia, like MBS, and certainly the reason that the U.S. wanted to make him an ally and certainly the reason that the like Jared Kushner was like, no, I'm going to be like close friends with this person is because he is a pretty progressive leader for like Saudi Arabia's history. And so... If you sort of think about, or what's the alternative to MBS? Well, it's probably something much worse. And if you read a lot about that, it's like he's kind of like keeping some of the much more hardliners at bay. And so if you're, and I think it's probably naive certainly to say this, if you're thinking about, let's say, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. They want to move the country a little bit away from oil, probably a good thing in the long run. They want to become a more progressive society. They want to make this city, you know, on the coast of Western coast of Saudi Arabia, like a tourist destination. They want foreign investment. They want to kind of open up their country. I'd say they want the perception of, these, of that more than right, they want the actual thing. That's what thing. I'm getting to is I don't, I think anybody who actually studies this human rights stuff tell you that it is all perception based. Yeah. It is not actually truth that it, that they still want to sort of torture gay people behind the scenes. They still want to crush dissent. They, you know, there's absolutely no free press in Saudi Arabia. 
And so I think the sheen of it is, is sort of like good intentions. And the reality of it is much different. And that's where it's hard to sort of square. It's like, if you could like, I don't think Yasser is like an evil guy. Like, you know, he's, he's someone who probably is seen as a pretty progressive person. He went to Harvard business school. He wants to kind of, you know, move his country in the direction of being respected on a worldwide scale and not seen as like, you know, thugs. And the, the reality of like MBS is if you've read a lot about him, like, He's a very different kind of person, kind of anger, has a temper, like came to power by essentially imprisoning his own cousins and family. It's complicated as all kind of world things are. And, and the fact that we are talking about this on a golf cat podcast is strange enough. That's <laughs> such a joke. I think that, you know, the, the, it's easy to say like, no, no, they're trying to do good. And I think what I've always just said is like, try to sort of understand the what the perception is, what they're sort of hoping for while not actually making real changes within their country. Agreed. Yeah. And it, and it seems like it's where it seems like it's going pretty well. Kind of working. <laughs> yeah. People are telling me it's great. Yeah. It's awesome. So, hey. so you said, what happens if this doesn't go through? Is I, that what I asked? <laughs> I thought, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because we've assumed, we just keep going. Okay. I'm like, have I misremembered? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Again, I don't really know, but it seems like it's going to be a colossal failure on the PGA side, which I believe would have to necessitate just about a full clean of house of leadership, right? Which can I say on I, that front, if I'm on the J of it all, like how, man, I, I said this on whatever whatever day this came out, Tuesday, Wednesday? Tuesday. When, uh, I, I said that morning, like, if you've done all of this stuff the last couple of years and that's the tack that you took and you said the stuff about 9-11 families and you said the stuff about apologizing for the PJ Tour, I just can't ever imagine myself going and sitting on CNBC with this dude and, like, looking arm in arm and high-fiving about, like, we are going to go grow the game together. What I cannot fucking wrap my head around is why Jay wouldn't like resign and just say, Hey, you know what? I'm not the right guy for this moment. Like this is not yeah. it. And then a new leader comes in and says, Hey, based on where the previous leadership took us, this Saudi thing is the only thing that we've got. This is the only move that we can do. I, I just, man, Randy, I guess to your point, I'm kind of hitting that, that point as well. It's just like, how do you not throw in the towel and just be like, enough is enough unless there's some sort of like fucking savior complex going on or something and true, like only I can fix this. I got, I drove us into this snowstorm. I'm going to keep driving until we get out <laughs> is, is kind of how it's starting to feel. And it's just, everyone's the hero of their own. Narrative. Well, and it kind of sounds like Jay is a figurehead, like, right. Do you guys agree? Like, it seems like Jay is not at the forefront. The thing that really. I, the thing does not I have the locker room right now. He does not have the locker room. The thing can I can't shake. The thing I can't shake is the fact that Jimmy Dunn joined the board in November, and this got done that fast. Do you know what I mean? Like ha having mm -hmm. having him come in, and who knows? Maybe all this groundwork. I mean, actually, no. I'm not going to say who knows because Jimmy Dunn's the guy that fucking reached out and like got yeah. this <laughs> got the ball rolling. I was going to say, you know, maybe all this groundwork was done before, but like, no, it wasn't clearly. And so Jimmy came in in November learn the lay of the land and then whatever the reporting is you know in april was like all right cool i'm ready to go like let's go make a deal basically and the fact that that happened so fast uh, in the grand scheme of this whole timeline is kind of mind-blowing to me 
Which on the J front, I'm, I'm with you on like, yeah, a, re, a change in leadership right before this happening would have made way more sense if they had any like plan and continuity of it. They, it DJ uh, always will forever stick with me. I will let you say the line of what you, what the perception of what you think the PGA tour would be versus what the reality is through the lens of TV shows. Oh, it's, the a, best ever. Yeah. it's always, people think it's house of cards and it's actually veep. And this uh, has been veep like yeah. season 18 uh, is this past, like this past week. None of this is, uh, there's no master plan here. This is flying by the seat of a lot of pants, but it would make sense to replace Jay, you know, right now but if this plan that is now laid out goes into i don't know why you replace him you would choose to replace him once this plan that allegedly he has come up with like if you're if you're the tour players right now you either like don't like this vision at all and vote no on this and you probably change the leadership right then and there or if you do see it through why are you doing that why would you change leadership then like it's it's yeah. this plan that they came up to you with totally. he's going to be the ceo of this new co like why why would you fire him then or why would you replace him then? I don't I don't know. Uh, you know that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to go forward with the plan and also replace him. Well, I think it would be two things. It's not really his plan, and two, yeah, this guy has painted us and the tour into a somewhat of a corner over the last three four years. Yeah, I I don't know. That's where I would start, and beyond that. Just thinking about okay, if the deal doesn't get done, what happens? Like, I, I honestly don't know beyond that. Like, yeah, again, I, I hate just using that as my answer, but it's like it's the truth. Like, I, I don't know, I have no idea. Which, again, just God, fool me 800 times, I guess. And I know I just got done talking about how you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna believe the people who just pulled the wool over our eyes, but like, God, I can't picture a scenario where. Hurley and Jimmy Dunn are not thinking about like how to make this go through Compa like considering their credentials and like what they do for a living. I just don't know how you, you stand up this thing that is, unless they feel like they, you know, I won't say they have less to, to risk, but like Jay's head's kind of on the stake, I guess. Well, you know? it's also it's interesting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Solid. I was just going to say quickly, like it, it also, it, <laughs> That's where I'm at with like the antitrust stuff. Like if it gets stopped on the antitrust grounds and they didn't intend for it to get stopped, which I can't even game theory out why that would be the case. If it gets stopped, then these people are way more incompetent than I could have ever even imagined. Like it's, it seems too right. You see what I mean? It seems too obvious that it would get stopped. So yeah. they have to know something. Like these people unless are they're not desperate. dumb people. Unless well, unless they're desperate. I, yeah. I think that's worth mentioning. Uh, I found it amusing I, I i don't think i would read too too much into it but the the anecdote that done in conveying the the news and the situation to rory used the metaphor i believe i have this right we have 280 over water and sometimes you just got to go for it like that's not a high percentage shot <laughs> and i'm not sure if we just picked maybe not the best Nick metaphor Taylor hit, a, hit a couple of those little squirters that's a, during the that's a five wood for rory yeah, but, maybe he was trying to speak to rory's language be like yeah i got that it's not a wedge, no. rory. we could do this shot uh, to me it's like man there's a lot of room to go wrong with that i what do you guys make of um and i think sally jenkins has been the one national personality that i've seen kind of hammering on this and I don't know what's there, what's not there, but just in terms of do the players, if if I'm a player, I, I think they deserve to know what Jimmy and Ed Hurley stand to potentially gain 
personally, financially, their companies, like that's that's another piece of this where it's like, what what are the conflicts of interest from these people that are really pushing this agreement? It is certainly on the list of like we things we need answers to. One of which, is like, hey, what the hell is is this thing? I think yeah, that's that's probably definitely, uh, on, you know, on the list. I will say, Randy, like, and maybe this is super naive of me to say, but Jimmy's very, I think, conscious of his reputation in the world of golf, and I would imagine Ed is too. He's much less of a public facing person. Like Jimmy's the president of Seminole. He's a member at Augusta. He's a member at Shinnecock. Like he's. Golf is very much part of his personal story. It's, you know, we know who Jimmy is and we don't know who a lot of other mergers and acquisitions sort of investment guys because of golf. I don't think that Jimmy would sell out golf for like a, you know, two, $3 million for his own sort of firm just because like it's two, $3 million. Like he, he sees himself as sort of someone who's saving the PGA tour and professional golf. And so while I, they might, benefit certainly you have to, someone has to get paid for all of this work going through and it's probably him you know his firm and and ed's firm uh but i kind of I, maybe it's just naive of me to say this i just don't believe really that um, there's an amount of money that would have them light their reputations on fire in that sense going forward there's something to do with like the honor of golf and like what their what it, their reputation means in the golf community i i don't know if i think they would do it like with malicious intent but i i you you could convince me of Jimmy perhaps wanting to be the person that quote unquote saved professional golf as a huge motivating factor. And certainly if the PIF is investing two to three billion dollars, I believe MA brokers, the firms who broker these deals, are paid on a percentage of such a deal. And so Ed himself might not be like but there just is enough conflict of interest, potential conflict of interest, where I, I, if I was a player, oh, it, yeah. it, it would absolutely be something I would need to know airtight. Like, that, you got to tell me exactly yeah. what your motivations, what you seek to gain, all of that. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. he was on Golf Channel saying he's like, what, what makes my spot interesting in this is like, I'm the only one not begging for the PIF's money, right? Which, again, that sounds like a great PR statement. I think you're exactly right, Randy. Like if I'm a player, that's on the long list of questions that we need to get figured out before like June 27th, which is not a short period of time, not a long period of time. I think you guys are spot on, on, on both counts. KBV. I'm, I'm kind of with you in that. I think this is kind of call me naive too, but I think, you know, there is kind of a bigger than bigger than the moment, uh, type of thing going on here that, you know, I think these guys want to be involved in saving the game. I, I am totally with you. Uh, it wouldn't shock me at all. If, if like fees are being waived on, on some of this stuff, I know that sounds asinine compared like alongside the rest of this conversation, which is basically like kill everybody and get as much money as you possibly can. <laughs> uh, but that's my <laughs> sense based on talking to people is like, that's not actually, uh, how it's going but randy i'm totally with you too in that like if i am a player like i of course got to know that right and and i need to know like what's going on and who like especially when there's four fucking people in the room like i don't know yeah. how you don't leave all of these meetings and be like tell me everything about these four people like what what the hell guys you know yeah i yeah. think it just goes back to again if i'm putting myself in a player's shoes I just I feel like I would be uncomfortable with the amount of stuff we simply don't know. We simply and, don't and know what he has. A, and it's a it's a 
It's it's a monumental decision. All things can always come back to Chicago, which is like 20 years old now. We're talking about a lot of the same conversation, to be honest. But I know. <laughs> we don't know what he has. Aluminum oh. too. Gosh, guys, I, I I really thought I don't know what I thought. Um, you want to get to just a couple questions we got we got sent in. I mean, I think we've properly covered our thoughts on Monahan's future tenure, but we got a lot of questions. Uh, about that power draw lefty are you sellouts for covering saudi golf uh you guys have any answers to that question dude this is this is so stupid <laughs> go ahead DJ. I, I'm, no, this I'm is, this is where i this, get but... to the point of like i i feel very confident that i'm not speaking out of both sides of my mouth in that like no. for all the people who are like oh you fucking ride an uber you ride in a you ride in a boeing airplane it's like yeah dude i i do i just took an uber to the train station this is the same thing to me. There's a big difference between, you know, a minority investor that, you know, like works with companies and a like expressly sports washing organization that is run by by those people. Like those are two very different things. You nailed it with, I think, the Lewis Hamilton uh, yeah. example, Sally. If Rory stands up and all of a sudden is saying amazing things about the, the what Saudi Arabia, Arabia is doing to you know the, and the golf being a force for good and all that, we got a problem, and then we're and yeah. we're going to call him on that, right? But that's not what's happened here. Like they're, they're, the Saudis are not going to own Rory's words. I bet he'll say some nice words about Yasser, and I think like people at the tour re- seem to have relatively strong opinions of him. I, I that I think that's still different than like. They're doing great things. They're trying to change. That's going to be a yeah. big problem. For yeah, me. he also has six hundred billion dollars, which might have something to do. Yeah, with that. that probably helps. <laughs> Can I also say the question is: Are you guys sellouts for covering Saudi golf? To which I say: Are you so fucking stupid that you actually think that like are are war journalists who cover wars are they war criminals? <laughs> like, get a fucking clue. Like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, if I'm sure you didn't mean it. That no, way, I think he was asking it tongue in cheek. Yeah. Maybe it's a tongue in cheek. Some people you know, are but not. Like, though. But but not that you see like Phil said something. His favoriting tweets are talking about this. Like you know you cover the Olympics in Russia, yeah, because like that's an event that's going on, and I'm covering it as a like as a journalist or like as a media person or whatever sort of we are. The idea that like that's the same as like taking money from Russia, like covering an Olympics and going on there, is just so beyond like silly. I can't even. I don't. I don't even know how to like explain it. Yeah, I mean, it might. Some of this week might be explained by the fact that we all got uh, DMs asking us to retweet live articles uh, that were going around for pay. So if if you're ever wondering if that stuff actually does happen, then uh, yeah, we got the screenshots to prove that. I, I personally turned down a billion dollars just for a couple of retweet things. I know people said I wouldn't, I would take the money, uh, but you this take proof the money. I would yeah, I would you take the money. money. You know? I, they offered on, a Venmo bro. to me like right away. <laughs> Randy, what's your um, what's your number right now? You you got to go play at uh, every live event for the remainder of 2023, <laughs> and you have to just you have to try your hardest. You have to take it really yeah, serious, guys. Yeah. It's, it's grind. It's a lot lower than I think you would think. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being a Hondo P, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that'll probably close this topic for the rest of the year, and we can get back to the golf here in the coming yeah. week. It is U.S. Open week coming into this. We had uh, Ashley Buhai won the Shoprite. It was her second LPGA Tour win, fourth worldwide win in the last ten months. She won the uh, Women's British Open last year at Muirfield, if you will uh, remember. Um, Randy, any, any color to add to that? The, the, I'm not going to lie; the golf world was kind of sucked up into a vacuum this week, and I didn't uh, catch a whole lot else. I'm not going to lie either. Uh, that goes for me as well. I will say I, I think 
through no fault of their own. The women's game is going to take a bit of a back seat this weekend and next week. But then I look forward to the KPMG the week after the U.S. Open and, of course, the U.S. Women's Open uh, the first week of July where we will be um, – you know, heavy, heavy, heavy into the women's game. So not a lot of color to add there, unfortunately. Adrian Dumont de, Ch- de Chassard. I hope I, I had a chance I, I got that right. Adrian <laughs> Dumont de Chart. <laughs> de Chart? I, I think that uh, actually wins, is what it is. He wins in his fr- I was trying to be I, nice. Okay, I what it was, baby. Apologies to the de Chart family if you waited this long in the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> this guy's a heavy hitter, man. This is a big deal. Wins in his first start on the Corn Ferry Tour after finishing third in PGA Tour U, uh, immediately reaping the benefits of uh, the very the much faster promotion system that the PGA Tour has implemented. Finally, PGA and, Tour uh, U sick for for those that don't know, uh, uh, the way it works is the top five basically all go directly into the PGA Tour ecosystem. So if you stayed in college and you played all four years or six years like Ludwig did, you you go to uh just kidding. You he played uh, four. He's gonna get you. He's just 23 and a half years old. <laughs> you uh you are rewarded if you're top five points earners, you're rewarded with a direct path to if you finish number one like Ludwig Aberg did, you get a PJ Tour card right away, which is why he was in the field at Canadian Open and already finished whatever we said, T25, which is incredible and awesome for him. Uh, and I believe the next five, uh, I'll get Corn Ferry Tour next, cards. I think two through five do. Two think, through five. And, get, and then six through ten get uh, PGA Tour Americas, whatever oh, that right. is now. Right. Uh, but uh, Adrian was the beneficiary of that, went straight to the Corn Ferry Tour and won in his first start. So, like, this is kind of what a lot of people have been saying about, you know, like, these kids are kind of beaten down the door and we need to get them up and get them, you know, places to play. And, you know, there's no need to like artificially kind of keep them down. Let's, uh, let's get them in the mix and, um, you know, get them up where they should be. And that, that seems to be a runaway success. I'm going to leave you guys with this question. Um, after all of our, all of our discussion, just what do you think like the chances are, or what do you think the best case is that like at the end of this, whenever that may be, whenever the dust settles, whenever that possibly could be, that like the golf world from a golf fan perspective that we end up better off than what we were before, uh, before we were, before any of this started happening. So Randy's laughing. Do we start with him? Well, no, well, D, no, I mean, I feel like DJ and I, I, my, my opinion hasn't changed DJ since we chatted uh, on the last Wednesday podcast. Yeah. I, KBB, you go, you go. Let me think about how I want to formulate this. Week to week, I think probably not uh, better. I don't know. I guess I'm torn in a sense. Uh, the majors, I think, would be better because uh, the majors are clearly what we can all agree on matters. Uh, and I think that the the attempt to sort of elevate week to week on the PGA Tour, like, you know, you're telling me it's all awesome. Like, every week is just so awesome over, over and over again. Like, and the players is so awesome. Like, I... This to me sort of revealed like, yeah, you guys are just kind of full of it. Like, I don't care about money. I don't care how much money you guys get. None of that is interesting to me. Uh, I care about, you know, watching great players play great golf on great golf courses. And you're very rarely offering me that. And so I will continue to sort of, you know, hopefully for NLU, go to all the majors and write about all the majors and understand the importance of those. And the rest of it to me will be sort of just 
kind of providing context for who these guys are. So. I think that's extremely well said. And and I want to leave a little bit of opening and oxygen for the idea that, again, maybe there's some radical ass format that they come up with that has like way, way, way more upside than the week to week PJ tour now. Right. And and I use the live example like genuinely, like if if they look at it and they say team golf is, you know, going to be way more successful for X, Y and Z reasons. Therefore, we're pivoting to entirely team golf. Like that's a very different conversation, and that's one where I'm like, I can't predict what that looks like. That might be the upside might to- might totally be there. Who knows? I might be open to like the team golf aspect if it's like, okay, there's two teams and there's four guys in each team, and this week those those guys are having a like a mini Ryder Cup, and that's what's the offering to like. I don't care about everybody can kind of rotate or whatever. Like I. I would kind of be like, ah, oh, you know what? I'll flick that on. Whatever. And that's where if, if it ends up there, like, who knows? That that could be way, way worse. That could be way, way better. Truly can't call it at this time. But KBV, I'm with you on. Real if, quick, just laugh at that. If is it, laugh, laugh at this if you want, though. But the TGL is a thing that Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy are involved in. And, like, it's – I don't know how you tack on – I don't know how they're going to tack on, like, more team golf into that. I really don't, right? Which, it, it, regardless of what you think of it, it's going to have Tiger Woods involved. And, like, the only way you're going to have Tiger Woods involved, right? So it's not going like, to yeah. go away in the snap of a finger. I'm, I'm receiving word that TGL is the indoor simulator golf league. <laughs> I, again, I'm Can not I confirm asking, that? I am not asking you to be a blind supporter of this. I'm saying Tiger <laughs> okay. and Rory are involved, uh, which makes it harder for it to go away. And that is going to be where we see Tiger Woods playing golf. Again, it's I, – I, I struggle to think of like how exactly they're going to do both of those things. God, you're just talking about it. Like they're porting them into the matrix. I thought it was like going to be like to top <laughs> golf. We get to see them like <laughs> having drinks. And it, no, no, no. It's like they're playing video games essentially. And now they're having like, now it's, it seems like they're doing all the like very faux serious teams, like yeah. Los Angeles yeah. golf club, just where, you know, golf but louder basically serena yeah. williams and her husband alexis sohan yeah. uh, both investors in the first team uh, i i or owners sorry, I I, i'm glad you brought it up it's part of the it's part of the landscape but part I, of the I, equation i'm not gonna be doing i'm not gonna be taking tgl questions at this time <laughs> it's, it's kind of how We're i not feel. Ready. bigger yeah. questions yeah we, we simply cannot at this time uh i think wrapping up that question i i think kev you're right on like i, I don't I don't see how you can keep polishing the, the turd, so to speak, to, to make it all that much better, right? Like, if, you know, it depends how you feel about seeing Aramco signage all over the place at PJ Tour events. I, I hate to say it. You watch F1, you get used to it pretty freaking quick. And I think the world moves on. And if the PJ Tour kind of has, you know, more firepower and all of those things, I'm sure it will will be a slightly better product. I don't think it's going to completely revolutionize my Sundays going forward. I'll, I'll, I'll hold my breath on that a little bit, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a long way of saying we don't know. I think I'm with you guys. I, uh, you know, I'm 39 years old. I've probably been watching PGA tour golf in some form or fashion for what, 25 years. And it's, outside of a week where there's a good fit like i my point is it's never done it for me and so i I don't have an expectation that week to week pga tour golf is really ever going to be the thing that i love about golf uh kv i love how you said it's context for the majors um and then 
you know, I, I think this week has really made me think about like, I, I, why do I love golf? And a lot of times that's for the actual experience that I have playing it with friends and family or sometimes just by myself. Uh, so I don't know what I, I just, I am not, I'm not, and I don't even want to put this on like leadership necessarily. I'm just not sure what it would be that would be like, oh my God, I got to watch this week. I, I got to guys. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if that even exists for me. It needs to be a player. It needs to be like a Rose Zhang like yeah. player that we all get really excited about and becomes must see TV. I think, I mean, I just don't, there's players that we like in this generation and that are fun to watch, but there's no Tiger and Phil as of right now that are, Unless Spieth starts doing it again. Spieth is the, is the one that is like, oh, I'm not going to miss that when he's in contention. But uh, the rest don't jump the same way off the page to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next Tiger's out there, probably. It's probably 11 years old, something, you know, just Biden his, her time. Which, uh, sorry, which does go back to like, how could they make golf more interesting to me week to week? KVV, you said courses, which I think fits hand in hand with some type of technology rollback either on the equipment and or the ball. Perhaps it's like, guys, we don't have to play 49 weeks of the year. Like I, maybe there are things, but I just have no confidence that the tour is, will go down those avenues. I thought the fan was like at at the height of our most complaining about the PGA tour. The fan was so far down the priority list. Where do you think the fan's sitting right now? Can you go far? We can't pull over any farther. We can't be farther down the priority list. Like (laughs) they're not even like trotting out the, you know, the talking points of like how great this is going to be for fans yet. Cause there are just obviously no details Uh, yet. So that's why I feel like it's just like a pass through now. It's like, it's a way to redistribute money. Like the fans are totally irrelevant to any of it. They'll, they'll dress it up and be like, no, no, definitely. The fans are here, but like, they don't (laughs) like that doesn't matter as you have billions of dollars in a spigot that gets turned off. Oh man. This conversation just always gets so depressing but it's like well let's why don't we end it and let's go to the fucking major week that i'm extremely excited about like there's no reason this conversation should drown out a week that we are really really excited about i think it's we had to jam three shows into this week to cover it because it is obviously extremely important but like it's not going to ruin u.s open week for me maybe a little bit but not all the way no, it's going to bring it all back into focus, man. It's gonna, Somebody's going to go win a major this week. It's going to change their life. It's going to change their Wikipedia page. It's going to change how we, <laughs> you know, how we view people. It's like, God, the PGA was such a blast. I had, I had such a good time. And now I want to go. I can't wait to see what Brooks does this week. And what does that have to do with, like, the Travelers Championship? Nothing. And it's no. never going to have anything to do with it. <laughs> you know, and that, that's I'm, – I'm with you guys. We're on to, we're on to L.A., man. Well, let's wrap it. Long episode, long ass week. I'm ready to get some sleep and what's guaranteed to be another long ass week with uh, a lot of freaking golf. We'll be out at LACC for a few days. KVV will be out here all week, arriving, I believe, on here on Monday. And uh, we'll be bringing you live shows on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday like we do for all majors. We'll have a preview pod out overnight, Monday into Tuesday. And uh, very excited for LACC. I've heard great reviews of the weather and the course and the setup so far. And excited to get out there and check it out tomorrow. So uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in this past week. Thanks to all the crew for scrambling to uh, cover it as well or as much as we have in the past week. It was, uh, as you might imagine, Tuesday was a record amount of downloads in about a 24-hour period uh, that we've ever had on anywhere on our show. And definitely a record tuning into the show live and that I watched it on YouTube. So we thank everyone for the support and turning to us. 
this week to uh, to help you, you know, provide some content through a very tumultuous time. And hopefully, I promise we've probably never worked harder in a week to get as much information to be able to paint the picture as clearly as we possibly can. And we're doing that to the best of our ability. So uh, thank you for all that have helped with that and contributed to that and to you guys as well. So without any further delay, on to the golf that counts and not the golf for money. So let's go uh, into U.S. Open week and we'll see you guys later this week. Cheers. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect.